0: What do you think, bud? You want to take us away here? You want me to take everyone away? What's your new what's your new nickname, Buds? One take Jake. All right, one take Jake, take us out. Let's do this.
1: What up, fam? E Stone here. With my boy Grand Diesel. What yeah. up, Chris?
0: How we doing, big dog?
1: Dude, how about that episode, man? New one for us.
0: We talked about some uncharted territory.
1: <laughs> Heavily uncharted territory with uh who'd we who'd we sit down with?
0: We sat down with Desiree Melanson, most of you probably know who she is, but it was cool to get a woman's perspective on the snowboard thing. We've been sitting around with a lot of dudes having conversations, it was awesome to sit down with a lady, hear her side, we talked about all kinds of touchy, touchy subjects. I yeah,
1: subjects that are kind of hard to uh, get into sometimes, and I gotta say, man, we laugh pretty hard this episode, straight. every emotional episode here.
0: Ups down, <laughs> Ups the, down. straight Woo. up emotional roller coaster. Yeah. But like always, thank you guys so much for listening. I don't think we need much more of an introduction for Des. Her reputation kind of precedes herself. So let's get into it. Episode 6, Desiree Melanson. You are listening to the bomb Hole
2: Bomb-hole
1: podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the
0: bomb.
2: It is
0: crazy. Okay, here we go. Another bomb hole. Another day. We got Bud Diesel, which is the duo of Stony Buds. How we doing? I'm doing pretty
1: good today, man.
0: The other half would be myself, Gren Diesel. Uh, and we have a very prolific. I'm gonna, That's what I'm going to use, prolific. Big show. Yeah, guest today. We got Desiree Melanson. How we doing, Des?
3: We're good. Prolific is kind. Yeah, that's dope. That's quite the term. I've been
0: reading. I got some <laughs> new words in there. So, you're from uh, California, the California kid, they call you. No, they don't. <laughs> Literally, nobody's <laughs> ever called <laughs> me that Literally, Literally, <laughs> in my life. And like, and no, no,
3: no one has ever fucking said that to me ever. Uh, I've heard everything else, maybe, aside from the uh, Cali kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. From Southern California, Riverside. Born and raised.
0: Shouts to Riverside.
3: Yeah, it's great. I get to go back maybe like two or three times a year and hang out with my family. My sister's in Redlands. Parents are still in the house I grew up in. Always get like swindled into doing some sort of work or just like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> this place is still like sticking together. All right, cool. So,
0: second, you got some siblings, correct?
3: Yeah, I have a younger sister who's got three kids. Um, I got a brother in law and then uh, my brother, and then he's married too with two kids. And nice. I don't get to see them. They moved to Chicago like a year ago. So
0: I see you with your sister just crushing aunt life.
3: Oh, dude. How's I'm, Aunt Dez yeah. stack yeah. up? Is she- Hi, Auntie Dez. <laughs> 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 and it's, you know, it's incredible because uh, for so long I was so worried, like living really far away, that they weren't ever going to know who I was and like, how am I going to be in their life without really, like, separating, um, whatever, I live in Oregon, or I live half in Salt Lake City, half in Portland, Oregon, so it's just kind of, like, figuring out the time to be, like, all right, going to SoCal. doesn't happen that often, so from whenever they were, like, really, really young, my sister had, like, a framed photo of our whole family, so every night the girls would kiss all of us goodnight in this photo, and so, like, that... Made it so, like, I am an auntie des and they recognize my face, you know, Mm -hmm. and, like, so now they've, like, instilled this image of me on the girls, and now they're getting older, and they can talk, and, like, thank God for FaceTime. Yeah, so cool.
1: I think a kid's world is so small, too, that you got to think they don't know as many people, so when they meet... Or they hear about you. They really latch on to that. Because I get the same thing. Totally. And it's crazy. You FaceTime with them. And it's just like such an experience.
3: You have a conversation. Yeah. And it's just and like. And they're just hyped. Yeah. They, they're they really. They're super sassy. She's got three girls. And I, I don't know how she does it. It seems way too crazy. Yeah. yeah. For the husband. That's, For a, that's a lot of. That's a handful. Yes, yeah, That's
0: a <laughs> um, household. But. uh So how did you get up. To the mountains? Were you Big Bear? Is that where you kind of sharpened your teeth? You could say
1: you were uh, mountain high, weren't you? Mountain
3: yeah. high, and it was um, it was closer. <laughs> it was a quicker commute. Um, the first time I ever went, it was like a lessons thing with the whole family. Uh, Excuse me, and my mom even went, you know. And it was like Thanksgiving weekend or something, and we all took lessons and we got boards and uh, I didn't know like. My perspective of the world at that age was I was like, I'm from this city. I know there's some other cities. I know that there's, like, kids who live in Long Beach, and I know that there's a beach. But for the most part, it's like, I'm at the house. I play basketball. I go to school. I, like, do all these other things, and then I go back home. And, like, as like just things kind of got sprinkled in there, and then we went snowboarding and, like, just – we went to Mount High, and it, it is like a mini mountain town, you know? It was like nothing I'd ever seen. Super cool. And just like, you know, it, it's, the, it's the fucking same shit. Life changed immediately. Yeah. Just like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my shit. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was just because, like, I had grown up so rooted in, like, team sports but then I did I did other crazy shit too where like I did junior drag racing for a long time and I did karate for a while I was an inline speed skater me and my brother were on like the team and you like touch you like push off each other's butts and you just like race around the course like all I did all these weird things just like looking like what do I like what do I like what do I like and like until snowboarding it was like yeah basketball track volleyball but then snowboarding hit and I was just like
0: I kind of wish you grew up and were a drag racer, to be honest. That would have been bad fucking ass. Pull up to the track, race car.
3: Dude, me and my dad joke about it because we got like a Chevelle in the backyard and he's like, should we put like a, like, let's turn into like dragster. Let's go. Like, let's just start racing again. I'm just like, it's too expensive. Like, you don't, like, you don't want to go to the track. Like, pretty
0: cool. Yeah. What, What age were you when you, when you started riding? 15. Oh, you were late. late Day one by was 15. Nowadays, if you're not, like, sponsored by 15, you're, like, old news. Totally. It's, it's crazy. Different era, huh? Dude,
3: I started at 15 and got hooked up at 16.
0: Oh, damn. I was getting
3: free gear the first year just because they weren't used to seeing girls out there, and they're yeah. just like, oh, you do this a lot? Yeah. Like, all right, here's a jacket. Here's some pants. And, like, fuck, I think the first, like, I didn't even get, like, we bought a board, and then I got my brother's. The first board I ever owned, owned was a 153 Bride Vista with a hot pink base. Second board was my brother's Rome Artifact twin-tip jib board. So it transi- transitioned really quickly from, like, a super stiff directional capped edges board to just straight up this, like, Rome Artifact. And I'm just like, what's a tail press? Like, That's where
0: tail press god came out and started <laughs> shining. It's how, it's,
3: it's how it started for sure. And then I think the third board after that was an academy. By that time, I was kind of like flirting with Going to Bear a little bit and, like, seeing people. And, like, Mount High had these, like, really cool kind of, like, girl legends, too. Like, Lori Courier, And uh, there's, in this time, there was a bunch of crews. So, there was, like, the um, secret bench crew that, like, some kids from Pasadena started. And then there was uh, the Couch Boys crew. And then there was, Lori and them had some crazy girl crew. But they would just, like, flash, people and that's how you had to get into the crew. Titties out. Titties out <laughs> oh, while wow. someone hit the feature next to you. So you had to like flash someone while High, hitting just... a feature at Mount High. And I I remember just being like That crew's dope. no dude. No, I wasn't.
1: This is not saying crew. that crew's
3: dope. I mean, and they had huge tits too. They had huge tits really? and like yeah, That's why like, they started the
1: crew. Huh? They were like, we got to show these things up. Dude, and they they used bombs. to
3: Yeah, this was also in like forum culture was a big thing. So I learned everything from online forums. Oh uh, yeah. Where yeah. I in Mountain High had a forum and it would like the beef that was on there, just the shit and that's where you would find the photos of like the fucking like yeah. tits with like backlit. Yeah, like I've
1: never heard of this crew, that's funny stuff. It was
3: just
0: <laughs> What about uh, how did Corey Cronk fit in? He's a he's a, <laughs> Mount he's High a legend, Mountain High legend, right? Met him?
3: <laughs> right. Like I mean, I don't know him at all, but Madam, he's sick. Yeah, so sick. <laughs> he's sick. <laughs> that's yeah. funny.
0: Big fan. Yeah. Big fan.
1: And that, from what I understand about you, you were way into team sports, but you were getting let down. And when you found snowboarding, it was more something that you just relied on yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of what helped you maybe fall in love with it.
3: It was. I- <laughs> wow.
0: Better things. Yeah, no, no, you're quiet. You trying to redo that one video the the, guy stole his (laughs) microphone? I'm trying to get the recreation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: but yeah, is that maybe why you uh, kind of fell in love with snowboarding?
3: There, there was a lot of things. Um, The initial love for it was honestly the challenge to it, where I would like go up there and I learned how to front board before I learned how to go off of like a kicker. You know, like, just because they had to so front
1: board how to before had to go. Before,
3: over. like, being able to actually, like, link turns really good. Yeah. I could front board and board slide the box in the ground, like, the flat box. Wow. You know, and then I remember when I, the day, or I would go up at nights a lot, because I would go after school, and I remember the night session when, like, they had the rainbow rail, and I was like, I'm going to no-slide the rainbow rail. And, like, that was, like, just the, um, I became obsessed with the process of learning tricks, At that age where I was just like, I would see the tricks, like, and I would see other people do it. And I would just be like, I can do that. Like, I see them doing it. I can do it too. So that was something that I fell in love with, where I was like, I enjoy this challenge and I want to see if I can do it or not. And like, there wasn't, like, the consequences weren't that bad. They weren't big features. So it wasn't, like, terrible. And then um, I, I think early on, I fell in love with getting, like, padded up. Definitely oh, really?
0: You used to rock pads.
3: I still rock That's pads. Smart. Oh, sick. I straight up film with pads, and Don't, I highly recommend move. that anybody yeah. filming, yeah. get some sick-ass pads. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, sick. it's pointless to not, kind of. so
1: true. It's really... J two used to do that and it's such a mm-hmm. no one really sees it. You throw yeah. on shin guards. I run
0: the, at the knee I run dome the or whatever the, pads you need. The volleyball pad. knee pads. Because yeah. I heard Bjorn and Marco f- smash their kneecaps. Yeah. It's like Marco but, shattered his kneecap, mm-hmm. just doing a turn and some powder.
3: So bad. Yeah.
0: What I was kinda wondering though, I wanted to ask, circling back around to that, is like coming from conventional sports, do you think you had like that um self discipline that comes from conventional sports, like the practice mentality more so? Or is that out of line to say
3: no 100 percent. i from a really young age i was introduced to just succeeding in athletics what do you do to have to succeed in athletics you got to follow the rules you got to learn the rules you got to show up with a really good attitude and you got to be super open and i think that um through that it instilled a lot of like habits that I have that provided for me to get to where I am in snowboarding but also like in leadership roles you know like as I'm entering into like the world of academia or even whenever I sit down and talk to people at brands or companies like I am able to like assess situations like where I'm just like all right who's team like who's on my fucking team right now and like not that everything is like so like two one-sided two-sided but it's just I'm because of sport being um because of What I did with sports as a child, it taught me all of these skill sets that translated into my adulthood.
0: Straight
1: up. That's an interesting way to look at it. That's cool.
0: People have like this anti-team sports, like individual sports shit. But I come from the same school of thought where it's like you learn a lot of cool shit from team sports about being a member of a crew or, you know, an assist is just as good as a goal and yada, yada, yada. We don't need to go down that full wormhole, but But I'm, I'm with you on that.
3: Another good thing. You learn how to lose.
0: Yeah, You know, like that's
3: the most important thing you got to learn as a kid is just how to fail. And then the second you figure out that, like, all right, I'm about to fail a bunch. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm eight right now. (laughs) like We're about to have a life. Like, and and then you get, then you get to like move on a little bit. You get to get a little bit closer to like those levels of like self-actualization where you're just like, yeah, failure.
0: Fuck that. Yeah. Keep going. Exactly. That's chill. Keep it moving.
1: Instead of just giving up and. Calling it quits, so
3: throwing yeah. a hissy fit just and being pissed going. off, yeah, you, you know, and like,
0: you, yeah, you see that with a lot of people that didn't play team sports too. They have they have a hard time when they don't get a trick or whatever. But it happens to everybody. We
3: also see it a lot with kids who are fucking only children. Yeah, <laughs> or <straight away. laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'll see like the only child yeah. syndrome, and I'm just like, yeah, yep. gotta get you a brother. Yeah, you
0: you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't have the shit kicked out of you growing up, did you? Um, so, but true. Thinking yeah. back on those times too, I also wanted to kind of ask, like. It was a different era. It was a different era coming up as a girl in snowboarding and just probably being a girl back then is just, it's a different deal, right? Like, it's not how it is now as far, it just felt like it was different times. Not as progressive as it is now, you could say.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it is progressive now. Yeah, it's not there Um, yet, but. Like, (sighs) I've said this a lot, you know, and it's just kind of like throughout my childhood, I did, I did and always wanted to do everything that my brother did or that I just wanted to mimic cool things. And I learned really, I learned early on that I wouldn't get to do the same things based upon the fact that I was a girl. Um, and it, it wasn't my parents fault. Like they, they did wonders with just like throwing me into shit, you know, like I got to do everything that my brother did. But when it came down to like the actual realization that I wasn't equal or in the same playing field where it would always, it has its benefits, you know, where it's like, oh, she's the girl. We got to let her come or all oh, this is my little sister. I guess I got to let her come. But then for me, I had such a hard time with being like, I'm a girl. Like, uh, no, there's no fucking way I'm a girl. Like, because if you're a girl, like I'm too loud to be a girl. I'm way too fast to be a girl. I'm like the fastest motherfucker here. Like I'm, I can beat all the dudes. Like <laughs> yeah. how am I a girl? And there is just this negative connotation with it. And you know, like learning, I think I was 12 when it was just like, all right, it's super hot out. You have to play with your shirt on. I'm like, oh, my brother's shirt's off. Like I want my shirt off. And it's just like, actually, that's a big deal. Like, you can no longer just, like, play without your shirt on because there's predators around, and you're going to have boobs. I mean, they never really came in, but they, you know, they were, like, <laughs> trying to prep me, like, maybe you're going to get some tits, so you got to wear the shirt. <laughs> and um, it was just really hard because I, like, didn't want that. And I think about, fuck, if I was 19 right now, like, for sure, I would be joining up, like, this – really cool new generation of kids who are just like we're anti your labels like we're not a gender we're gender neutral or even just like fucking just just having the courage to like dictate your label and not play by a societal norm that is shoved down your throat from like as soon as you're you're able to talk
0: yeah straight up yeah like yeah and even for it's and it's i mean it's probably gotten incrementally better it has a long way to go but it's like for for us as a kid you're either like heterosexual or like if you're gay that's a fucking big deal and it's like socially not acceptable now it's like there's more categories that it's like you can do whatever nobody cares and it's great you know what i mean it's like people are a lot more more accepting everybody's more accepting like nobody gives a shit like yeah do what you want like i don't doesn't i don't care who you identify as or whatever you know what i mean
3: yeah, the rules have completely changed, and, like, I love it. Yeah, Like, yeah. I love looking around or, like, just meeting these kids, and it's just, like, they're, they're just done. They're just, like, that shit's whack. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do not need to associate myself with something that's just going to pigeonhole me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I'm sorry, being born a woman in America pigeonholes the fuck out of you. So to just remove that, to put everyone on, like, a level playing field, like, that's what should happen. You know, and it's just like, oh man, I, I was watching these Serena Williams documentaries, which are sick. Serena Williams, total fucking boss. Like, she straight up has a quote in there where it's like, people, individuals should only be judged off of their accompli- accomplishments, not their gender. And this was in regard to someone asking her, how does it feel to be the best female athlete in the world? She's just like, you mean, you mean the best athlete in yeah, the world? That bitch is the best athlete
2: in the world.
0: Nobody's
3: done what she's done.
0: What's the word for that? Merit? Um, meritocracy. Meritocracy, right? I think, I think uh, so, but they... That's a new word yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. Yeah,
3: yeah, like J- that. Just someone just... Yeah, but uh, their merits.
0: Your your merits are oh, what merit. you're based off Got of, it. not your gender. And we're just humans. We're not fucking... Yeah, who gives a shit, right? But yeah. I, I like what, what Serena's saying. And I think... That's awesome. She used to... Date Drake too, I believe, right? Serena, I have no oh, idea. Yeah. Actually, heard him rap about her a little bit. So that's sick. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody get fact check that in the comments. Let, Let me get know. Yeah, Shout out to Serena Williams. <laughs> Big motivation. Uh, but then, how does that carry into this? You know, snowboarding specifically is an interesting one to dive man, into. Fuck it, it. So,
3: so let's so to get into the snowboarding show, we got to backtrack a little bit. So we so have it, to think about women in sports. Yeah, when did women get to get involved in sports?
0: I'd imagine that it wasn't that long ago, seeing as though women weren't able to vote that long ago. Like, I'd imagine sports were probably not before that, right?
3: It was it was after. So, okay. like, that's what's crazy. So, suffrage movement, 1920s, they kind of get the right to vote. Um, and then it wasn't until 1972 when Title IX came out. And that was, like, the official, no person will be discriminated against on the basis of sex. So, like... This basically made it, and and it's publicly funded institutions. So we're talking universities, high schools, elementary schools. Like, all of a sudden, like, all these institutions have to provide equal opportunity. And there's, like, three ways that they, like, can implement it. They can do it by, like, doing the numbers. Like, oh, we got 50% girls, 50% boys. We got to offer 50% of sports. Or they do, like, a survey and they're just like, all right, how many girls are interested in the sports? And, like, 30% respond interested in sports. So 30% of the budget has got to go to the girls. Like...
1: Oh, that's how they break that all down.
3: Yeah, and, and they have Three different options, basically, that they can follow. And so, like, all right, Title IX happens. So, before that, it was girls, girls don't play sports. We have to look at institutional sexism, basically, where America is a patriarchal society. We keep women suppressed because before we were a men's property, You know, like, that was in the Constitution before it got reformed. Like, it's straight up just, like, we are not our sole individual selves. We got to get married. That way someone can own us, and then we can get stuff. What is the typical, like, stereotype of a woman? You have to be soft, fragile, kind, and feminine. So what are, like, some adjectives that describe sports?
0: Tough,
1: gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Total opposite of what you just described. Tom Brady. Exactly. (laughs) Tom Brady.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So for early America, a lot of men had a really hard time with, well, if you're a woman, how are you going to be an athlete? Like, it's a contradiction to your existence. You cannot be an athlete and be soft and feminine and kind and you know, whatever. So be- before like title nine and all the re- reformations, they actually created like their own sports. Like there was this unique form of basketball where they had six players and half of the team wasn't allowed to cross the half court line. And the second that they started sweating, they got subbed out. Oh wow. Cause they weren't allowed to use their body. Yeah, they couldn't really sweat. <laughs> Not allowed to sweat. No, no sweating. And, um, which no is crazy. Fucking sweating. Just, I, stop sweating. <laughs> yeah. I'm dripping sweat sitting here. You <laughs> What's know, crazy like, <laughs> on the world stage.
1: I was reading that in like, even as soon as 1900, they were in the Olympics, but there was only like 20 of them. And then even when we, they're allowed to start voting here in around 1920, so then it started to pick up, but it's just crazy to me that, I mean, on the world stage, maybe they were better than the U.S. back then. I don't know, but it's just crazy to look at that. Because, I don't know where I'm even trying to get <laughs> I'm loving it. It's like the, no, the, no, the U.S. No. maybe was even holding it back more than other countries. Yeah, there's, yeah. I guess, what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah, And it's just crazy to me that back then, in other countries, women were allowed to go in the Olympics, but in the States, they couldn't even vote or do anything. Yeah, it's totally. just kind of madness. Yeah. And I just have to assume there must have been so many women just being like, what the fuck? straight
3: up well i mean it's i want to like, do
1: something here i can run i can do this i can do that
3: yeah like even, even i mean not even on the athletic realm you think about what happened with like the feminine mystique and you're yeah. just like a bunch of housewives all figured out that they have like crazy depression because they invented the microwave and they don't got shit to do anymore
2: yeah that's so crazy.
3: they all end up like they start talking to each other and they're just like oh you feel this way too you feel this way too like fuck maybe we should like write a couple books oh we're not allowed to write You know, like that's
1: just messed up.
3: And you got to realize like there is an intense history of just suppression for women in America. So the fact that like 2020 is great, you know, Yeah. is it perfect? No. Is it ever going to be perfect? Yeah. I I honestly think that like by the time, like hopefully just like all the boomers die and then like the millennials get in there and we just got, we got to get rid of some of the shitty dudes who are really terrible. But for the most part, we're on a decent track, especially like I said, with the youth, where they're just straight up like, we're equal. Yeah. Like, we're going to show you how much we believe that we're equal by getting rid of this label. You know, not not everyone has to do that. You know, like...
1: And there's even parents that from birth got rid of that label too. Totally. They don't refer to him or her. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And then, I, I mean, some maybe some clarification for the viewers. Sex is the identity that you're born with. All right? Like, if you're born with a penis, you're a guy. If you're born with a vagina, you're a girl. All right? Gender is straight up the societal norms that you are raised with based upon your society and your environment. So gender is subjective to your environment. Sex, you're born with whatever sex you have.
0: Interesting. I'm just going to chime in on a little bit lighter note. Whatever sex you identify with, the male bathroom is a fucking war zone. Okay, war <laughs> zone. Like I would, if I, I would actually maybe base your decision on not having like an airport one. It's like fucking eight rows of people having like. Diarrhea, dude. and it's oh just like God. loud. and echo. Is it like that? Just out of curiosity, what is it like that in the women's and the bathroom? Dudes, they no. fart
1: like
3: no. crazy. Did too. they do the
0: flush, the flush and hide it, or did oh. they do the flush? And...
3: I, dude, yes. That's a pro tip. I never,
1: no,
0: no we there, just let that a name thing, for that though. We let oh, it whatever. bark.
1: Courtesy we, flush. Oh, yeah, flush. Oh, oh, no, we
0: let, we let that shit bark, dude. dude. In the
1: airport bathrooms yeah. that are crowded, it is a war
3: zone. <laughs> <there>. It's crazy.
0: So <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're thinking about, you know. What you want to identify with, I would just consider that. You know what I'm saying?
3: Oh my god! <laughs> but um, so uh, let's go back a little bit, just so like we talked about, like whatever, how shitty it is to be born a woman in America. Yeah. You didn't get to play sports. You didn't get to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And Title you, Nine you comes felt, out
1: when you were. I mean, back to yourself. Like as you were young, you were feeling personally, like affected by that. Affected.
3: One hundred percent. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to act. Because. People were telling me I had to be a little girl and I had to act a specific way. For the most part, my parents were really accepting. They let me dress in triple XL long t-shirts with baggy jeans and I had a crazy bowl cut thing. You know, like I was just straight up like seeping dude out of my (laughs) pores and people would see me and just like, you're a cute little boy. Yeah, it was tough because I wanted to just do all the things and I didn't want my gender to be a talking point and I didn't want to be the last person picked. Cause I was the only girl. And a lot of times I was the only girl. So I was the last person picked, especially on pickup games. Like basketball is gnarly, you know? And it's just like, I think by the time I hit like 14 and was playing basketball with my brother and all of his friends, it's like, you start feeling like the fingers slip, you know? And I'm just kind of like, he just grabbed my pussy. And like, yeah. Like it got to a point where it's just like, dudes just start to get scummy at a certain age. yeah, And you're still a chick. Trying to hang out with a bunch of dudes. And, like, I'm from fucking Riverside. You know? So, it's like, I just remember instances where I was just like, he just copped a fucking feel.
1: Damn.
3: And I can't say shit. If I say something, and then I'm they weak. they won't,
1: like, yeah.
3: Fuck. And that's the thing. That's like, I just want to play. And it's like, if I speak up, I'm fucked. If I don't, I can still play. So, that's the thing. I didn't say shit. I didn't say shit about a lot of stuff. Damn. Like, it took me years to find my voice, and it's because it's fucking scary out there. And you just want to get by, and you're forced to only get by by being a fucking woman.
0: Yeah. And when you're young and vulnerable, there's scummy bros out there, and like, fuck, yeah, I don't, I never, like, put myself in those shoes. Yeah. It's, like, kind of, something you don't think about as a dude, I guess, you know what I mean?
3: Well, I mean, the only chances of you, I mean, for sure, guys get, like, assaulted all the time, but, like... I feel like there's even some sort of stigma where, like, a 14-year-old boy, if, like, some hot 19-year-old chick touched him, be like, I got my dick touched by a hot 19-year-old chick, you yeah, know? They're like, they're most
1: excited about yeah, it. Yeah, they
3: don't realize the toxicity involved with yeah. it, where it's like, man, I love the era of consent. The era of consent is yeah. so cool, and I think it's cleaning up a lot of shit, but a lot of dudes are threatened by it. They don't like it, but, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, everyone has their own personal preferences. But, so, all right, being a girl, super hard to just exist – because I didn't want to be a girl. So then eventually, I'm like, all right, fine, let's embrace it. So there's a bunch of like loopholes where it's like, how do you find your femininity in the realm of athletics, which is considered only for men? Um, and it's it create it's there there's a there's something called a, the female athlete paradox. You know where you're trying to learn how to be all these masculine traits that aren't even. They're only masculine because our society, our society dictated them to be. So you're just trying to learn all these like beneficial traits to being a powerful young individual. And at the same time, you're like, all right, so I want to come off as, um, feminine still. So maybe I'll wear a little bit of pink or maybe my outfit will have something else. My first snowboard, hot pink base, you know, everyone's mm. going to know I'm a girl. I got yeah. a hot pink base. Like I remember even just like the errors of me filming, uh, when I was younger, tight ass pants. Like And, and like, that had something to do with, like, the Hesh culture, too. But, like, for sure, I was, like, this is sick. Like, I look kind of feminine and, like, Holden at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Just, like, was able to embrace this silhouette of something where I'm just, like, fuck, yeah, I'm feminine, but I'm doing this, like, badass thing. I'm snowboarding.
1: That's interesting
0: to think about. That's cool. Yeah, and the dudes were wearing the tight pants right there with you, too. Yeah, yeah. they they sure (laughs) were. (laughs) 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 <laughs> you know it's maybe tighter some of them too yeah which definitely is an I, interesting I, one
1: yeah but. and when you so you got into snowboarding you were all in too because i remember reading in 11th grade you took your portrait oh your my board. god yeah <laughs> dude
3: it's a true story so i took i did my senior class portrait, portrait yeah. senior portrait junior year and so you take them junior year for your senior year so i do all these portraits and i'm like oh i look so cool and it was with the Chrome board artifact. artifact, and it was painted like a watermelon on the top sheet. I did some like six spray paint to it. Then I got the photos back, and I showed my friends at the time. Like I think I like messaged like some an, a photograph of the photograph through like MySpace or something. And I think my friends were like, "Yo, that's whack."
1: Were you the only one that snowboarded in your school? Or? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. They were, like, uh, what the
3: there, <laughs> there were there was like a group of like five kids who went snowboarding too. But it's just like. Shit just fucking fell apart in yeah. high school. Like, so it, it, but yeah, there were some kids who snowboarded.
1: Was that printed in the yearbook then and came out? No. Oh, you pulled it. I burned
3: it. every, po- I burned every copy. Because they said it was Well, whack. no, so you, you, you don't like.
1: Oh, these are four other people. Yeah,
3: so gotcha. you're, you're seeing your portraits. You like got to hire a photographer. Yeah, okay. Like your school oh, doesn't okay. do you it. okay, you took
0: it, but you never submitted it to the school. Yeah. I see. No, yeah, 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 no, Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, and then I, I'm pretty sure I burned every copy, which I fully regret. I like, <laughs> yeah, I want that. Yeah, and I would that.
0: love to see that
1: photo. It's
3: incredible. My hair is all weird, yeah. like poofy, but I bet like, it's great. Kind of curled. <laughs> I'm wearing some like brown t shirt, I remember. I don't know. So, yeah, that photo exists.
1: We got to find it somehow. So, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone.
0: So, then we're fast forwarding. I'm just going to go to my first memory of you. And this might, we're jumping all over the place, but who gives a shit? Oof. Yeah, who cares? It's, yeah. But, um, I just remember I was in Welch's or government you're on the way up to Govey. And I want to say you were like Dirks and Hottie, maybe or somebody, or maybe with Harrison. And I was with Dirks, and I don't know. I just have really early memories of seeing you at Hood uh, or in Oregon, like maybe even before before you were a digger. I don't know. Probably like you were probably like eighteen or something like that. 19. So the
3: problem is, is that the Hood shit. Just like it's like like
0: what's. Okay.
3: Hood is like another reality for me. Like I have life, and then I have like life on Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. So if I was it, for sure, I was either with Dirks or Jared or Harrison. Yep. One hundred percent. Chance I could have been with Scott, but maybe not. No. And then I, I don't know. Like the early years, especially like the ones where I was like still in high school and flying to Oregon to visit Jared and like doing all like just becoming like this person where I'm like I gotta go to Oregon I gotta go to Mount Hood in the summer like that's how you make it I had like a list of all the things I had to do to like kind of be a pro snowboarder where it was like Hood in the summer and I started doing that really young so like I don't remember meeting you I don't even I remember when we got close but like I don't remember the initial like this is Chris
1: very unoffendful very, un- very me. uneventful. Very
3: forgettable person. <laughs>
0: very yeah. forgettable person. Chris
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just, it's just not even worth remembering. <laughs> uh, just, I, I don't literally mean,
0: don't remember ever meeting you. No, I mean, that's fine. I don't, care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care.
3: What's I mean, this podcast <laughs> called again? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what am I doing right now? <laughs> yeah, I know, and, I, and I feel so bad about it too. But I don't remember the first <laughs> time. But um,
0: the way you described Hood is like this bubble of awesomeness, just dive into that for me oh
3: my god it was like the birth of individuality okay you know and like I I I try to think about this question sometimes when I'm just like when did I become myself when did I find who I am and what I stand for and what I represent you, you know you're always like adding things to it and learning other things but for me it was entering into this realm that was 100% my own, even though it was, you know, it, it was the first time going to camp. Summer camp changed my fucking life. Put it on an ad. Like, went to Wendell's uh, the year after I went snowboarding for the first time, and it was just straight up like, I'm hooked. I'm going to the summer camp that's in Oregon, you know, and my family, like, I only know my immediate family, so the idea of someone leaving, too, my mom's just like, you're go- you're gonna go where? you're going to get on a plane you know and like i remember when she she walked me through the through the security to sit at the gate with me when i was 15 and she's just like you're gonna go to this summer camp, and I went there, and I just remember you get picked up in a van. Everyone's wearing all these really cool clothes. I'm dressed like trailer trash that just walked out of fucking Tilly's, like Riverside low waist hugging jeans, streaks in my hair, like so. Is this
1: when you went in as a camper? As, camper. as a camper, yeah. yeah. That, that experience is insane. Yeah. When you get picked up in the van, you're like in these people.
3: Yeah, and like, you're like wow, it's crazy. So like <laughs> yeah. you meet all these people, and like I met these girls that actually like kind of stayed consistent throughout my snowboarding life. Like I met Liza Matrani.
0: Oh yeah. And, sick. Yeah. I remember Liza. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then this girl, Ali Carroll, who rode for Solomon for a while. I met Nikki Schlechter. I met this chick Mitra who's famous on Instagram now and super hot. Yeah, like, no Mitra. I, it's just, you, you meet these people. And then that same week I met Harrison and Scott, or I knew Scott from mountain high, actually this, the winter before, but it's just, it fucks you up. And you're in this place with no parents. You got these, People called counselors who are like they're 18 supposedly and they're glorified babysitters who are so fucking like probably baked out of their minds just obsessed with snowboarding and skateboarding and you're a kid and you're literally just like mind Blown, just like I can do anything. I can skateboard right now, and you're a girl at this summer camp too. And they're just like, "You're a girl, let's get you skateboard." You're a girl, you're on the snowboard. Like, it 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 was like kind of the first time too, where I was just like, it doesn't matter if I'm a girl here, except when you like check out the dudes. You're like, all right, cool, summer camp dudes. Like, (laughs) you you literally, but like, it was insane. And like, my brother wasn't there, my sister wasn't there, my parents weren't there, and I none of like my like friends were there either. And I had a really hard time with friends. So like to be there. And to be like, who do I want to be? Like, I in a way, I felt like that on the bus where I'm just like, what is my identity that I'm going to introduce to all these kids? Because I want to fucking be best friends with all of them. Yeah. Because snowboarding is so sick. And it's like, you know, like you, you get a little bit less self-conscious and you cool off eventually and then you just go snowboarding. And then whoever you're hiking the box with is your new yeah, best friend or bud. boyfriend. And that's the thing. I'm, hi- I'm hiking an S-box with Harrison Gordon. We're fucking dating a month later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout- yeah, but- Shouts to Harry. G. Yeah, big dog.
3: <laughs> but it's just, it's so crazy how easy it is to just be like, I love doing this activity and you're outside and you're hiking or sweating, you're learning something and it's such a shared experience. And it's so easy to share this mutual emotion with someone else who's doing it, you know, and it's, it's incredible. So I have this incredible like Bonnie experience at a summer camp and then I go home to Riverside. Well,
0: yeah, that's kind (laughs) of what I wanted to get into is, uh, like that little bubble also creates, it's like almost steroids because you're, you're from Riverside. You might go home, you might have some recreational weekend warrior border friends, you know, but then you come, they take people from Massachusetts, from from East Coast, West Coast, they all go to Mount Hood and they're all obsessed with snowboarding. And then all of a sudden, it's just like this like ball of like obsession. And also throw in the fact that real life doesn't really exist. Bill's like... Life, your shit, you just go snowboarding. Life is so simple. And it's like, and that little combination of things is like magical, I think, for why Mount Hood's so sick.
3: Totally. And like, you're kind of touching point on like the after years of like being in an, like an employee up there. Yeah. Where it like, that is, that was like, yeah. All right. So you're a camper and then you go home and you're just like, all right, now I know where I need to be every summer. Yeah. So I think I logged 14 summers in a row holy shit, Damn. At, at least showing up, you know, Damn, full, son,
1: where'd you find this, <laughs>
3: uh, full, full summer is like more, what I would like classify as more than two months. I think I got 11. Um, and so it's like, I just knew that like, all right, that's what I'm doing every year, no matter what. So then going through the jobs and, and for me, it really kicked in when I got hired at high cascade as a digger. And that's when it's just like, I don't, I don't even know. Like I, sometimes I think about it. I don't even know what life was like before that, where I'm like, before that I was like still really bad at snowboarding. Filming was still so experimental. Like your crews, like people would just like show up and leave. Like you kind of had like consistent, consistent people, but then not really. And then you get to camp and man, like my, like once again, mind blown because all of a sudden, like I have best friends who are obsessed with trying to figure out how to do this in the more creative way too. We're like, we're obsessed with filming video parts and we're obsessed with learning the new tricks once again. And then also just having a good time. So it's like, and that's the, we call, I call it the vortex where like your rent's paid for, your food's covered. Like you are on a glacier with 40 of your closest friends and you're just loving life. And you're learning a bunch about yourself. You're learning about a bunch about the other people around you. And it's not real. It's not real life, you know. And and to leave it was so hard. Like, I I think it was something that I really attached to for a lot of years because it provided a sense of stability. It provided a place for me to progress at snowboarding, a place to feel safe, you know, rent-free, didn't have to have a real job. You made a little bit of money doing it. And then just... I don't like. I remember when kids would be like, ah, "I'm not going the summer. Like I'm over it. It's whack." Like a lot, a lot of my fr- other friends too. Like they phased out of it. They got burnt out. And every year, I was just like, "Summer is my favorite time to snowboard. Mm-hmm. Like it's my favorite. It still is my favorite time to snowboard. Mm-hmm. Fucking love the Mount Hood Glacier. There's nothing like it." And then uh, it didn't last forever. I-, I would say it's it's nothing like it used to be now for sure.
0: Yeah, that that uh did we dig together? We did, I think. We did. Yeah, One year. Sure. One year, yeah. Yeah. That um that bond is insane. The 40 people all or whatever the how I don't know how many diggers there are, but just every day doing manual labor, groundhogs day, working hard, making shitty money, but like there is a bond there that is like rock solid. That's pretty special too.
3: Totally. And even the skill set that I learned from digging, you know, showing up there, I I had to beg for this job. Uh... for some reason High Cascade was not down to hire me and I had to I had I like kind of was just like I would send I knew Corey was the head digger so I'd send him all these things and I'm pretty sure I sent him like a PDF with like this is me these are the things I like this is my favorite song right now like I fit in with you guys (laughs) (laughs) and I I just buzzed my head so I'm like I look fucking scary and I'm loud (laughs) hire me (laughs) that's what
1: it took to get in there Dude,
3: so much, so much, and fucking Corey, bless his heart. He was just like, honestly, come to Mammoth Superpark. And, like, I show up at Mammoth Super Park, and he's like, carry these salt bags. And I'm like, I can carry salt bags. <laughs> you know, carry these salt bags. And a week later, he's like, yeah, like, you can have the job. You're and down. I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, crying tears of joy when he calls me, too, where I'm like, this is my fucking chance. Like, because everyone knew it back then, too. If you got a job at High Cascade, you could be pro. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. If you got in at High Cascade, you could be pro. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was just like, I will die. Like and like I had already done like the Wendell shit. I I got banned from Wendell's for like a year. Like it was they had this like stigma where it was like Wendell's was like sketchy, like skiers, all this yeah. shit. And then High Cascade was like Scott Stevens, <laughs> like Resident Strout, like Chris Grenier. We,
0: we were elitist, though. You definitely were like, fucking High Cascades better, bro. Always under your kid, yeah, for sure, yeah. back then.
3: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I was never a High Cascade camper. Yeah. Wendell's camper.
1: Yeah, I was a Wendell's camper back in the way back in the day. Yo, you, you were,
0: were a camper? Oh, no. No. I
1: went to camp. How,
3: How old are you? Well,
1: I went to camp.
0: He was born in uh, 1906,
1: I I went I to think. camp in, I want to say, 92, 91 and 92, probably. How are the
0: from? Yeah. Wow. So, Real quick, did you have the switch Mickey back then? No, I went. To, I was a
1: kid going <laughs> to camp. I was, I was just
0: like her. Damn I mean, it. she explained my All right. experience. Yeah, some yeah. of these campers, I see them busting, man. I yeah. Don't
3: know. But all right, so again back to the digging thing. So like I get, I get the job and I show up to camp. I got a fucking buzzed head and a bunch of random dude. The the the, the rookie car. that we got separated in the first year. So the first year car is like me, Johnny Braden, Johnny Brady, Harry Hagen, Brandon Hobush. Um, fucking there's one more. I can't remember who else it was. Um, but it was just like an insane first year crew. Where these dudes became my boys, and then like the the older guys became my boy. Like Ted was there, you were there, like Chip was there, like, and you your your days suck, your days are fucking terrible, or your mornings are terrible. Maybe maybe that's it. So like you get up, crack you have to
1: shred after, right?
3: Yeah, we sh- we we boarded so much yeah. back then. You like, good, quick. We got. I mean, except I, I kept getting hurt, though, too. Like, I would always, like, I separated my AC joint. I, like, fractured my ankle. Like, the first year, I remember trying to do a one-footed board slide. And then that that dictated my trick selection for the rest of my career.
0: Probably for the best.
3: Yeah, you see me unstrap? No. <laughs> <laughs> i leave that to other people. Um but, and so, so digging creates an insane work ethic. Yeah. Especially one that like corresponds really well with filming. Yeah. Because you, you get adjusted to the elements and fuck, I'm such a fair, we- like fair weather kid from Cali. Like all of a sudden I'm in like the Oregon climate and I'm just like, oh, my hands are cold. Fucking like, are you ghostlifting? Like, are you cold? Like pick up the fucking rail. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, you lo- you learn quick. And then also it's like, you look around and you're just like, all right, how many people are complaining? Nobody. We don't complain. We talk shit, but we don't fucking complain. And then who's not working right now? You look around, a couple of people aren't working. And those are the people that are getting like bitched at and yelled at. So it's like, all right, I'm always going to work. What do you need? I'm moving. And it was also an era of like, it's cool to ask questions. Learn to ask the questions. And so I'm just like, what do I do with my hands? Help me. And everyone was so fucking cool. Like that I can, I can't like pay for an experience that taught me that shit. You know, no one can. And then that just immediately translated into filming video parts. And, like, time and time again, like, girls would ask me. "It's Some guy, guys, too, they would just be like, what do we do? What do we do? Start digging a ride.' Like, right now you're soft. You need to figure this shit out. Like, let's get some calluses on your hands. And, like, it's fun to snowboard, but it's really fun to work hard, too.
0: Straight up. It totally transfers into filming a video part because, you know, you see a lot of people get sponsored They get really good at riding park. And then they're saying, okay, it's time for me to film a video part. I got to build a backcountry jump. I got to build a six-foot-tall cheese wedge out of nothing, out of the snow here. And so, like, if you're a digger, fuck, that thing goes up quick. Yeah. But if you never wielded a shovel in your life... And you never had a job in your life because you got sponsored when you're 13, like half these fucking people who are out there with, then you're going to have a hard time and you're going to learn quick. Yeah.
1: Huh, Buds? <laughs>
0: buds isn't. I learned
1: how to ghost lift real fast. <laughs> yeah
2: buzz see- is like fuck you guys i gotta
3: push a button
1: i gotta keep this finger good man i can't yeah. put two hands on this we rail. can't
3: shovel I, I know a lot of photographers with that mindset they got to protect those hands well, what
1: about the photographers that look at angles for yeah, that's six it, that's hours another-
0: you get there and you're like They're scouting for <laughs> six hours you get the, you get to like a down bar and he's like all right we got a couple hours of work to do he's like I gotta find my angle. I mean, it's
3: not that fucking it hard to walk over It
0: might field take me four hours to find this angle. I it's, like it's a down bar! You're gonna shoot it fisheye in the middle of the stairs. You're not finding uh, shit right And on.
1: every yeah. every rail pretty much has the same variety of <laughs> angles, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what angle you're doing. Know
3: One of the best is when you pull up to the down bar, and the photographer's mm-hmm. just in the car. I'm good. It <laughs> <laughs> is like, truck! <laughs>
0: I remember talking to Andy Wright, I was like, I was, back in the day, I was like, Andy, um, why aren't you shooting with Breezy right now? He goes, can't eat steak every night for dinner. <laughs> That's a so true story. Good.
3: Oh, shouts to Andy Wright, though.
0: Shouts so to Andy. Sick. All right, well, let's keep it moving. So then, then you got into, you started filming for Think Think right after Digging, right?
3: Yep. Uh, so Digging provided um kind of the acceptance into think think and it, it was i got it i think it was after my second year digging that i got in um because i was still doing a little bit of peep show peep show all women's film started by june Bongjan jan and este um really fun whatever okay. but i remember after digging i was living in bend at the time went and did a downtown throwdown in seattle broke my tailbone. And was just on the couch with a broken tailbone, like Bom.
0: stressing.
3: Yeah, like had to lay on my belly. And it was Damn. just, yeah, I, t- I took a dick right up my ass just for a donkey
0: dick. Donkey really? dick. Really? Okay, yeah, you're going to want to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might even want to clarify the donkey dick part of it, too. I mean, the whole whole thing, We got to just spell this (laughs) out for people. There's a lot of laymen here. I took a dick right up my ass and uh, my big tailbone broke. Wow. But
1: then you're like, yeah, donkey dick. You know how many people don't know what that is? Yeah, what's better, a
3: dick or a donkey dick?
1: I mean, we might actually just want to
0: explain what's going on here. You want to explain to the listeners what a donkey dick is so they know.
3: All right, so you got a down rail, and then you have have a, a flat you know so so it's not a kink rail it's not a down flat down it's just a down with a flat but the flats usually like pretty short so we call it just like a little dick a little donkey dick so I went front lip slipped out on my heels halfway down but had some momentum and just cleared the rail mm. with my this is me and then this is the dick and just <laughs> tail. <Damn. laughs> and it's just like <laughs>
1: That must and, have sucked.
3: And there's a there's a bar right next to the fucking rail jam. So I just like waddle into the bar and I see I saw I think it was Carson Schubert was there maybe and I see Carson Schubert. And I was like I just broke my tailbone. He's like you're biking in. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, yes please. <laughs> Someone drive me home. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I got I, I drove back to Bend and then went to the hospital the next day. Jesus so, Christ. I, <laughs> that was great actually. <laughs> So I'm on, I'm on the couch, stressed out, really sad. Uh, I had just gotten closer with um Lucy at camp, and he was the filmer for Think Thank at the time. And Ted, Ted and I got real close. Uh, just these people snowboarded with them so much, and they all made me such a stronger writer. And they they had kind of joked about it, where they're just like, "Oh, you could you could film with us, like you can film with Think Thank." And like Jess had had a ton of success with Think Thank, you know, like opening part and left was a left brain. Or was a right brain, can't remember one of the brains. So so like, and I was always such like a fan of Jess and Jess Kamara. Yep, Jess Kamara. And then I just wrote, I texted Lucy, and I was just like, "You what do you think I could get?" In think think, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to ask Bertner." So I like composed this, or no, I I Facebook messaged Bertner, and it was just like so unprofessional, but just kind of like, "Hey man, like I really want to film with you guys," and he was just down, like emailed me back like a day later I think I didn't even have to sweat it and he was just like yeah like we're fucking down and then I didn't hear from anyone for a while and I remember being like I think I can get sponsors but maybe not who knows and then I got a call uh two days before my birthday in December from Lucy and Lucy was just like you want to go on this trip like you're in and that was like kind of when I knew like oh fuck like I'm filling with think tank like this is sick Mm -hmm.
0: so that was a sick uh, part did you was that the year you got women's video part? Yep, and rider, nope, just video. Okay, that was the video part year. Yeah, okay, sick. Yeah, yeah, that part was awesome. And this was Thanks. your
1: first time before it was only women cruise?
3: before the no no no. It was, I mean, man, the beginning of it, like, I was never with girls. I was with oh, Harrison really? yeah, and, like, Max Pedel, yeah, and, huh? like, yep. Mammoth Kids. Along
1: with your friends. Yeah. Okay, that makes from a, sense.
0: From a woman's perspective, what's the difference between filming with in a woman's crew and filming in a man's crew, from your perspective?
3: Honestly, the hormones? Yeah. Straight up.
0: Straight up. Like, and okay. I,
3: <clears throat> I've had a, I have varying opinions about this because I like to, I firmly believe that every individual is different. Yeah. And regardless of if you're male or female, filming with people is an experience. Yeah. So straight up, all girls crew, for sure, there's more hormones, you know? And, like, you hear the horror stories. You fucking look around. Like, we we all have, like, our past instances and stuff. But, like, as far as it goes, like, right now, if I'm, like, filming, I don't give a fuck if you're a dude or a girl. And, yeah. like, if you're, like... You know, one of my favorite things actually is to see people like film their first years, you know, and like be around for that, where I'm just like, kind of like, you need this, you need this, like, let's go. You're fine. Like, and like the girls adapt in such an incredible way. Mm -hmm. It's different than the guys and you, it takes a little bit longer and you need a little bit. I do think that women need more resources to actually be successful in filming And if that's a... I I think that if that's a sacrifice that has to get made for a couple of years, like, fuck it. Let's give the ladies some fucking resources so they get some sick-ass clips.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What kind of resources are we talking?
3: I'm straight up talking... What is it? Cheddar biscuits? biscuits. Oh, cheddar biscuits. (laughs) Oh, I'm flipping on. Yeah, she does. I'm referring to what
0: you would refer to as Cheddar Biscuits. Wow.
3: Yeah, like
2: the. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Shout. I
0: got him. That was amazing. Where'd you find it? Nice work, Des. Thank you, thank you. Oh, that was you got you got cheddar biscuits in his own. I, <laughs> I, I kind of <laughs> queued it up, but I didn't know she was talking about like help, like physical help. That's I was actually, I was thinking more like you need more help at like at a spot. Yeah, thing, but I like the cheddar Your biscuits. You're taking the straight answer.
1: resources, more think, ability to get out there, and
3: but all of it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Like money doesn't just show up. You either you got to find the loopholes for the money, yeah. but totally the resources of people helping. Yeah, having someone show you the ropes. Yeah, having a crew. Yeah, like yeah. so instrumental. Yeah to success while filming
0: well i have uh something i want to say that is has no science behind it at all and we're it goes back to when you were learning kickflips the other day and and it's i think it's the thing that makes it harder for for women it's like men we are idiot neanderthals okay (laughs) we are idiot neanderthals so like if we want to do a trick it's just like yeah I i just go like hollow head and i can like front Board the kink, right? Like, and I feel like I don't know if this is sexist or not, but I just feel like you guys have more self preservation than us. Like, where it's like, it's just like you're like, well, I could actually, where we can just kind of like be like, uh, front board, like, and just do it, you know what I mean? But like, I feel like you guys are like, whoa, this is like a little bit unsafe, or you know, and that's probably, and who knows if that's. But that's kind of how I view it. I don't know if that's true or not, but
3: I totally, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I think that there's other things too, aside from just that though, because like we think about we, we walk back or we take a step back and look at. How women are raised again, you know the things like yeah. you're taught to be aware, like self preservation. Yeah. Also, don't get dirty, don't fall down. Um, putting your body on the line is not a natural instinct. Yeah. Um, with men, I especially with skaters, man, I swear I feel like it's just like not a lot going on up there, and they're just straight up like bored
0: trick. Yeah. Sick.
3: <laughs> and they are. They do. They do the crazy. But also, that's like so, that's such a stereotype. Look at me talking shit on stereotypes. Uh, yes. And now I'm gonna stereotype the skater guys. um
0: But I, it's I, true a lot, though. You can't I really think. discredit that.
3: There has to be. Okay, so so if we could have a little bit more of an evolved conversation about this, yeah. there has to be something different in people who pursue action sports. There's something off with your fear mechanisms your ability to uh, assess risk and your willingness to take that risk that you're different. We're all different, you know, and it's just like mommy and daddy were like, you're so special growing up. Like, no, actually, I have no problem saying that, like a lot of our friends or you like even you, like everyone is a very gifted, special individual who is able to adapt their bodies and translate like a form of dance with a piece of wood strapped to their fucking feet. And I think that's magical. It's fucking cool as hell.
0: That was poetic. Oh. That was poetic. No, I like that. That was awesome. That's a well I always liked how people uh, I mean, let's be honest. Like I love snowboarding. I love skateboarding. I romanticize about it. Like when right? you when you put it like that, it's like that's kind of what it is, is, you know, even though sometimes in order to get it like that, you got to go idiot Neanderthal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I almost think it's more like... We're backtracking! Just... <laughs> We're backtracking! <not> no, <laughs> you're right.
1: I think you almost just black out, though, more yeah. so than Neanderthal. It's yeah. like you can shut off your mind, but still go through the mechanism because you practice it yeah, so many Yeah, yeah, it becomes second nature. You basically sure. black out, and it happens, and yeah. there yeah. it is. I think
3: you're talking about a little thing we call flow state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. And once you hit it, it, yeah, your brain's not even... It's just happening.
3: And it's addictive. Yeah. Flow state is actually addictive. Straight up. Great thing to get hooked on. Yeah. Actually. Hundred percent. I'll tell
0: you what, buds, we almost forgot an important little sector nine, didn't we? Yeah, sector nine. (laughs) Yeah, sector nine. Wow. Do you know what sector we're talking about, Des? Uh
3: could it be named that video part? Wow, she's right. Let's take it away.
0: Hey, we're doing it. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to last week's answer. If you didn't know, it was Aaron Bittner, Moment of Truth, first part, one of my favorites. That was a good one. Uh, and I announced the winner. I forget your name on Instagram, but you got a prize back coming your way. Uh, but now, it's time for Desiree Uh-oh. to show up. How are you feeling, Des?
3: Pretty bad, <laughs> 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 Like...
1: Do you watch all the movies, though? Are you one of the, <clears throat> those people, or do you not?
3: It depends on the video. Mm-hmm. I watch so everything. We'll see. I,
0: you want to do a side
3: bet? I bet
0: I bet she's going to get it. get. you want to bet against I don't know what it is yet. I so bet that's, I'm not
3: going to get it. So You
0: can't bet against yourself because you can throw that bet. No. I can, oh, fuck. You want to bet me? No. No? Okay. All right. You Here know, we
1: go. You know what you're doing.
0: You ready? Yep.
2: Ooh,
0: that's quick. You got to know that. That's one of your friends. I know. you want it again real quick?
3: No, I know what, I know the song. Um, oh, this is so embarrassing. I don't got it.
0: Uh, let's say when we were talking about the early days of Mount Hood, his name might be in that hat. Dirks? Yes.
3: <laughs> what video. These days. These days. Fuck, I'm such a dick.
0: Justin Meyer. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, your prize um, was- But,
3: I mean, I don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> exactly. I don't either. Fuck.
0: Um, sick. Well, the prize we're going to give you for not guessing it is that bomb hole mug as seen on video. Perfect. Thank you. Um, and thank then you. this one is for the viewers. Comment <clears throat> on the post related to Desiree's podcast. Coming at you. Focus up. That one's too easy. That one's too easy. Dude, get, all I you?
1: heard was like statics and beeps. I mean,
0: don't say it if you know it. Don't you guys know. both <laughs> not know that? No idea. No okay. idea. Hard that one. I'm gonna go days. with no idea. Buds never knows. We should get a poll going. I need. We should get a poll on the side of the screen. <laughs> I knew
1: Bittners. I knew Marcos. No, you didn't. You, you didn't do- know.
0: You didn't know Bittners. <laughs> <laughs> Bittners. You go. Was that in an FODT movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, dog! All right, let's keep it moving, Dez. What? Hey, Dez, what do you want to talk about? Let's oh, just—I've never about... really done. it. Just put the ball in <laughs> That's her true. court. Yeah. Hello? Are
3: you still in the garage?
0: Yeah,
1: we're recording right now, live. You're now on the show, I guess.
3: Hi, Pat. Do you what? have, a question, at, you do you have question a question for us? You got to give us a question oh,
1: for us. hung up. Well, you me? have a question for the bomb hole in Desiree? No, well, yeah, I do have a
0: question for the bomb hole. Stone, where are your photos? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> Damn it going to get any coverage unless you stop just sitting around shooting the shit all day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! My bad, dude. It's been pretty fun shooting the shit, though. No, they're
0: coming, dude. They're
1: coming. All right, perfect. I'll
0: let you get back to it. Give me a call. All right, peace. <laughs> that was voice of Snowburger Mag, Bat Bridges. Pat the, me out. Pat the Brown-Eyed Bridges calling out Eastone for Oops. not submitting his winter photos.
3: It's a
1: pretty small stack, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think I might have a bigger stack than you this year. <laughs> Probably. <yeah.
0: laughs> Diving back into this conversation, I just think it's interesting, you know, I think with men and women snowboarding, it's it's obviously come a long way from from, you know, you look at like the the Roxy ads that I grew up looking at and it's like you know objectifying women and it's obviously like people are conscious of that more so now than they used to be Um, there's a lot of things we could talk about within that but what I was going to talk about is within the snowboard community you know it tends there tends to be groups of guys like our friends we're sitting around a campfire per se talking about our perspective we're validating our opinions about what we think and we're not often challenged by the other side and when I look I think inversely women a lot of times are sitting around campfires talking about their perspective about snowboarding and there, and it's not challenged. It's all, it's all like validated their opinions and to, to, fueling the fire to each side's opinion. But there's never people from each campfire coming together and saying, Hey, like let's, let's talk about it from most perspectives. And that's what I like doing is like, I like putting myself in your shoes and thinking about like, okay, as a snowboarder, as a woman snowboarder in, in 2020, what are the things I'm not like, what are the things that I'm not thinking about when I'm thinking about women's riding? You know, like,
3: I mean, I love it that yeah. you think that even because I think that one of the biggest problems is that within our industry is men don't think about that. They yeah. assume to know everything about women. They assume to know everything about the industry. And they also assume to know everything about the individuals involved. The problem is, is like guys, kind of have always banded together and they have their opinions, you know, and were just existing in this world that was already created. Um, So we can talk about outdated marketing, you know? Like, if you're straight up a dude asking, like, in 2020, what can I do to make women's existence more comfortable, like, straight up, we need to step away from over-sexualization, we need to put more power in the voice of women and the actions of women. And then also women just have to be <clears throat> integrated across the board. So it's like you, and, and so the, the, this is the shit that's interesting with snowboarding is all right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're going to backtrack a little bit. Why shit the way that it is? Um, why is our industry overrun with mediocre snowboarders, Um, who capitalize on an action sport but actually don't do it well. Every other action sport has a fucking barrier for entry, all right? So if you want to be a pro skateboarder, you have to be able to ollie. If you want to be a pro surfer, you have to be able to catch a wave. You know, you can scroll through Instagram and you can see there's like 70 professional snowboarders who are women on Instagram. And I'm just like, who the fuck are you?
1: But they're just calling themselves professionals. Self-proclaimed, like, yeah. And,
3: self-proclaimed. and everyone has everyone yeah. has that right, you know. But from someone who's like sacrificed like 17 years of yeah. their life to being in the industry, I look at these names and I'm like, where? What video part did you film?
2: Yeah. What yeah. did
3: you have to do to go pro? Mm-hmm. What is pro to you? You know. And that's that's the fun. That becomes the fun conversation where there is no barrier for entry with snowboarding. You get to wear the clothes you show up at the place that has snow, you stand with the gear, you strap in, you get a photo standing there, and it's just, oh, man, our society is obsessed with the sexualization of women, and I'm not going to lie, women are hot. It's so sick to see, like, beautiful women, especially whenever they do cool things, but then there's, like, the facade of Instagram where – they've monetized and like are projecting this lifestyle and I'm straight up like when I see my peers who are pro snowboarders and they get and that's the thing too like Instagram I got like 12,000 followers these chicks got like 70k followers and they're professional snowboarders and I'm just like oh you're hot (laughs) and that breaks my heart because I'm just like the 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 thing should be about the things, you know. Snowboarding should be about the snowboarding. And <clears throat> do you work own-
1: super hard to like plug your gram and do it twenty four seven and fuck get your numbers no, up?
3: not down.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where your numbers would go if you
3: did though. I tried, and my numbers didn't go anywhere. They didn't. No, and then I I just have this theory that because I do not post enough photos of my body or my face in an acceptable manner,
2: mm-hmm. people
3: just aren't really that down, which I don't mind. Like, I do my things, and if people enjoy it, sick. If they don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I kind of, I've done a lot of self-work to get away from the infatuation with trying to grow my social following because I do think also the industry is separated a little bit from it as well, yeah. where it isn't 100%. as important as it was no. like two years ago. And they're kind of just like, all right, yeah, you're still doing things to ingrain yourself in the culture. We back that. And I also think because of the women's movement, they don't really have a choice. you know. And I think that right now we do live in a time where if you're a brand and you're not sponsoring a female, that's a bad look. Yeah,
0: that's a bad yeah. look.
3: It's a bad look, and you, you can be ostracized for it. You can, you know, people
0: super bad look,
3: super bad look. And then we have the realm of like the token girls, you know, mm-hmm. and like yeah, sad to say, I'm a fucking token girl. That's not a good look, you that, know.
0: That's the one major thing when I when I take myself and I put myself in a woman's shoes nowadays. You look at the slots on the teams. There's just there's simply not very many slots. Like there's not. If you look at, I don't know what the, I'm just saying off the top of my head with no research, like maybe eight to one or something like that, you know, eight men for one girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like on a pro team or maybe even some zero or some, some are less skewed. Like I think Vans has a pretty well it, that one's a little more balanced. Very diverse.
3: Gnu yeah. Gnu always had a really diverse yeah. team, yeah. but uh, Lib didn't really have any women. But I think they just started sponsoring a couple girls. Burton always had really equal representation. Yep. Yeah, um, Burton
0: does a good job. I'm gonna it. I'm gonna challenge you on a question about the influencer chick though. But do you see it as a benefit the fact that there's an influencer chick with however many followers, big following, they're potentially they're potentially bringing a lot more women, introducing them into snowboarding on a broader scale. Not maybe they're not accepted for the accolades on the core. They're not as respected, but you could say that they're doing a part to, to like bring more women into snowboarding. And for that little part of it, I think it's kind of dope.
3: I think that's cool too, but I think that's just, a, I would love to see the numbers Yeah. because if they're doing that, that's fucking awesome. And yeah. I hope that is what's happening. I hope that they're reaching this really wide audience where little girls are inspired because that's really cool. But I think there's a lot of toxicity involved with the influence influencer culture. Yeah. Where like for me, I look at a lot of influencers right now and it's just all about the bod yeah. and it's all about the face and it's all about um sexualization. And by all means, like if you are an individual who has figured out how to fucking live your life through monetizing your body on the internet, yeah, fuck yeah. Like that is straight up, just like the power of choice. That is feminism at its roots—the yep. right to choose what you do. Yep. My problem is whenever the brands come into play. Yep. Where the brands are selling women's bodies, you know, and that's the shit. Where I'm just like, you can't fucking just hire a hot girl who doesn't do the thing when you're an action sports brand. Well,
1: the whole skate moss movement. I think that's dope.
3: Corey, I mean, you can think it's dope or you can think it's whack. and everyone's entitled long as they're to their yeah, opinion. Good,
1: that's cool, you know? And as a feminist, well, they should be able to do whatever they want, and if that's what they want, that's rad, you know?
3: Yeah, and, like, I I mean, I don't really have a problem with, like, obviously I can't have a problem with anybody. Like, I'm living my own life. Yeah. I have these opinions to just their own. based off of viewership, yeah. like, viewing it, like, looking at things. I would way rather see some sick-ass fucking skate girl. I don't care how hot she is. Yeah. Like, someone who's, like, filming, yeah, and I'm like, yo, you deserve like the hundred thirty k followers because what you're doing is fucking sick. You're like ripping. Yeah, but I think that once the body comes into play, it just offers this like perk, you know, mm-hmm. for other view for men. Yeah. to yeah. goggle at or women to goggle like, at both too. Women,
0: but then you, you know, yeah, it's an interesting one. You I just <laughs> had a- well, we had a pretty, we had a pretty funny conversation about like you were talking about how your favorite author has like 2000 followers on Instagram. And there's the chick whose butt cheeks are out. has like 3 million. Right. And and I was like, do you want me to explain that to you? I'm like, I can explain that to you. I'm like, we're men. Okay. We can, we're, if we're going through Instagram and you see an author with like a very long, well thought out (laughs) paragraph and like a picture of a fucking tree. That's great. Then right below it, you see butt cheeks. We're just like, (laughs) Like back to the idiot Neanderthal, just like boom, boom, double tap, <laughs> keep it moving. I'm just saying, like, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but like psychologically, that's probably what's going on in the guys' totally, <laughs> like, totally, totally. And then, and
3: then, so that's just that's this like, there's just this toxicity involved, yeah. with women yeah. in any industry. Yeah. You know, like, whether you're a writer, an author, a musician, a snowboarder, a skateboarder, Mm -hmm. um, across the board, sex sells, like, and I swear to God, like, maybe, when did they figure it out? In the 1950s? Yeah, when they
1: switched it to marketing. Yeah. Yeah. big Advertising firms just figured it out somewhere.
3: And they were just straight up, like, all right, chicks sell shit way better than dudes. (laughs) On top of it, half-naked chicks sell sell shit way better than dudes. And it's just...
1: Land well, like phallus stuff, putting that kind of in the in the mix, advertising and
0: well, one the prime example of that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you for me to, that really hits home. You take Tom Brady; he's statistically the greatest <laughs> quarterback of all time. Okay, he is. I'm sad to see him leave the Patriots. Right? You'd think this guy hundred thousand people show up to a stadium to watch him play football. He double that and quadruple, however many millions tune in on TV same day. Right? That's that's a pretty influential person the quarterback you take his wife Giselle okay supermodel for Victoria's Secret she makes a shitload more money than him so that to me puts in perspective the power of like a hot you know what I mean like that's the way you're like okay that hot girl marketing clearly works like and
3: I'm like we like we have all these like terrible victimization things where it's just like life as a woman like woo me it's so hard I'm sorry no life is easier than that of the hot girl yeah, you straight up get a rich ass dude, and you're like, yeah. Have like you babe, learned you it early? Car, and, like, yeah. And this, this is such a shitty thing to say, and I'm trying to be funny, but it's it's a reality, and it sucks, and it's just like, all right. So how do we make this better? How do we stop over sexualizing women, especially within action sports? We fucking hire more women, so yeah. at least that there's a voice, a reasoning voice behind. Hey, maybe this is a bad look for you guys. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the best way that we could be representing our female athletes. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, ask them how they want to be represented. Like if honestly, I am extremely fortunate where I ride for the brands that are just like, what do you want? You want an action photo? You want a lifestyle ad? You want art? What do you want? And I just get I get to choose. And that is so powerful for me and that has given me so much purpose and like it's like building blocks, you know, where like I'm provided this opportunity and I get to like um, portray myself in this regard. And there's a hope that it just can be like existing in the realm of men in snowboarding without having my gender be the question of why I'm here. You know, and, like, I have no problem saying it. I would not be here if I wasn't a chick. But also, there, you reach a point where it's like, if we want to even get past that, we have to just stop thinking about the only reason why I'm here is because I'm a ch- No, fuck that. The only reason I'm here is because I love this shit. Yeah. So you can yeah. love this yeah. shit and be where you want to be as long as you're super mm-hmm. fucking passionate about it, yeah. regardless of your gender. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, it's the passion <laughs> that brings you... Along where you've gotten.
3: Yeah. And so it's like, how do we make this shit better? We get more women in-house. We quit over-sexualizing everything. We straight up come up with better ways to represent women. We let women have their own voices and tell the stories that they want to tell rather than men showing up and being like, I know your story. We're going to portray it this way. The amount of times I've seen just shitty editorial or shitty documentaries or shitty ads, it's just men dictating everything. And not that men have bad ideas. It's just... Ask if this is appropriate. Yeah. Ask if this is going in the right direction, or if they're comfortable. You know, it's it's just it'll provide the opportunity for like for evolution, for it to get better.
0: Totally, totally. And
1: Supposedly, it- sales are twenty five percent women right now, seventy five percent men on average.
3: I feel like on average sales are like eighty percent women because moms are buying everything.
1: <laughs> could be true. That's so a, good it's, a point. it's a female yeah, card swipe.
3: Could wife. be true. Yeah, but. I don't
0: fucking know. Well, I like, I like, I really appreciate hearing it from that perspective and that makes the most sense too. It's not just like, hey, like I look at who, it's what riders, we need to get more riders. It's like, no, fuck that. We need more women all the way up from like Reps to fucking team managers. you don't meet a lot to, of women reps. So. To, to yeah, like
3: it's it's really skewed. It's a hard I can't life to think, live. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and they're bosses. When you do meet them, yeah. you, I'm just yeah, kind of like, oh, you run shit. Yeah, like true. not only are you very persuasive, yeah. but you know your shit and you're running shit. And you're like, running like shit. all right, that's sick.
1: Yeah,
3: and that's. I mean, it's just like. This isn't a sad story.
0: No, it's not. You know,
3: like right now there's more girls or women, girls, females than ever filming. Yeah. That's so fucking sick. It's dope. Like we're, we're actually entering a place that like, I don't, I have never seen this in snowboarding where there's straight up just like 30 girls who submit their street parts. Yeah. And I'm just like. We've never seen this. That's cool. So it's like the fact that we are getting more snowboarders will hopefully provide the chain reaction to having more women in the industry. Straight up. If you're a girl out there listening to this, like, fuck. Dude, like, get involved. Mm -hmm. Ask questions. See if people need an intern. If you're interested in this shit, the hardest thing, the worst thing you're going to get is a no. Yeah. The hardest thing you're going to have to do is write an email. Yep. You know, and it's just like, I can't say it enough, especially for snowboarders. Like, If you're a pro, if you're on the path to being a pro snowboarder, or even if you are a pro snowboarder, or even if your career just ended, consider going back to school.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get into that.
3: Like, it's, it's fucked. Like, the amount of kids I see, like, their lives just kind of end. And I do think that snow... Like, we talked about snowboarding creates a very interesting skill set. There's a lot of dudes who don't need... Or women, too, who don't need to go to college. They just got to figure it out because snowboarding is a really intense form of college. Yeah. Like, you have to be super good at communication. You have to be super adaptable. You have to, like, build your own brand and execute a bunch of ideas. Like, become your own producer. Become your own boss. So... But entering into the real world after that can be challenging, especially with no work experience, especially with no baseline education. You know, if the best you got is a GED, hopefully you're really, really, really resourceful. And like Mm -hmm. college isn't for everybody. It's not. And it's like you, you could even just like not go to college, but just read a fucking couple books. You know, it's there's always an answer and there's always like another option but I just want the snowboarders out there to plan for snowboarding to not last forever. And
1: yeah, it's crazy seeing the depression that comes as the
3: Dude, career winds down.
1: Up. It's messed up. And this year we've seen it more than ever.
0: Like, yeah, the life friends. after boarding is serious It's really shit. something that yeah.
1: kicks people in the ass. And it's if people don't start helping them, it's, it's a messed up thing. No,
3: it can fucking level you. And yeah. it, but also, it's not even about people helping them. It's them helping themselves. Yeah, Yeah. You know, it's just let that be in the back of your mind and realize like, I can do a couple things to prepare me. You know, and I sound like I'm the fucking mom always. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Mama, mom of the that's crew just, where I'm just like. Yeah, prepare. Like, let, let's help you get prepared for the future because this shit.
1: It's going to happen. Real
3: yeah. life sucks. Yeah. yeah. We live in a fake ass universe. Our jobs are bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we have the sickest shit ever. Yeah. And to enter out there, like, to get into the shit once it's all gone and, like, you think friends are forever. You think snowboarding's forever? Like it's not. Things change. Your body changes. Your body deteriorates. The economy changes. You move. Climate change happens. It stops snowing. Something's gonna happen to where this isn't gonna be your source of happiness. Mm-hmm. So you got to just find something else.
0: And also looking at that too, when you when you're talking about going to school, right? We for a lot of people, you know, they get wrapped up where their identity is that of a snowboarder, right? For you, when you're going to school, like, is that like, Des the snowboarder is like, I'm a different, that's not a person, right? You're just like, I'm Des the student.
3: It's hard. Yeah. I, I had a hard time with that because um, I lie when I'm in school. Mm-hmm. I um a few people know, a few of like the professors I'm friends with, like I'll let them know like mm-hmm. why it's taken me so long to get my degrees and how it is I have all this experience and I've done all these things, but somehow I'm still like undergrad,
0: mm-hmm. you know? And
3: there pe- people get fu- like, people get amazed, you know, like they do think it's amazing, but the ch- it, it's just super challenging to go into a classroom and look at kids or peers and just explain what it is you do because it is so fucking, it's like, Hey, I'm a professional snowboarder. Oh, my God. Like, it's just, like, (laughs) this is me assuming that the audience is a fucking idiot. Yeah. But it's just, it got to the point where it was exhausting. And, Mm -hmm. like, excuse me. I I personally made the decision that it's easier to just pretend, like, school is my life when I'm in school. And, man, I I dive in. I obsess over it. Like, I love it. It's my fucking favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And snowboarding, yeah, I'm just, I'm not... A professional snowboarder. Whenever I'm in school, but I have all the traits of the professional snowboarder. That's crazy. You know, I have the skill yeah. set. Like,
0: yeah, I'll tell you, you don't have to put a fucking label on. I'm Des, but I'm not. I don't. All my self worth isn't reliant on the fact that I'm a snowboarder. Like, that's, yeah, that's healthy. I think.
3: But I will say that without snowboarding, without my identity as a snowboarder, everything else that I've become, I wouldn't have become. True. Like, I would have not been. A writer, I wouldn't have been an artist, I wouldn't have been a traveler, I wouldn't have been a photographer. Like snowboarding opened all of those doors and provided all of those instances where I became interested in this other form of communication. So if I wouldn't have found snowboarding in the level that I did, who knows what I would have been.
0: Yeah, and then when I look at the why, not to put words in your mouth, but it seems like, you know, you get a knee injury, you got a lot of time to kill, you learn oh, yeah. how to draw, right? Oh, yeah. That kind of like-
3: <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, the, the injuries chalk up to the education, the ed- and just also, like, obsessiveness. I have... It's in my being to be obsessed with other things. Like, and I'm obsessed with feelings where I'm always like, I need to know why someone thinks and feels about this thing in the way that they do. I just need to know why. Yeah. And that's not like a thing that, yeah. it, like, that's private information, yeah. you know? So, like, that's just across the board. That's snowboarding. The sk- it's just feeling, it's emotion. So, like, that all translates into art and that all translates into um, documentation and just kind of, um, cataloging shit and it's like I don't know if it gets me anywhere but I just like I think I have a hard enough time existing as myself that in order for me to exist as myself like to validate my existence I got to figure out everybody else's like Mm -hmm. bits of existence as well to make sure I'm not totally fucking up Mm -hmm. which sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really hard (laughs) and it's like in a way that might sound like maybe I'm like not confident or a little insecure and all these things but actually it's like I don't have an issue with my confidence I just want to make sure I'm not fucking up Mm -hmm. Like, I just want things to, I just want to exist in a way that I'm cool with, Mm -hmm. but I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah. And and you've gone through some ups and downs as far as like being uncomfortable in your own skin, right? Some pretty extreme highs and lows and all that stuff. Dude, The
3: lows, the lows are so, and that's the thing, like everything. Yeah. I've been low. You've been low.
0: I've been really low. Yeah,
3: We know a lot of people who have been solo, and even, like, I've read a lot of books about the people who have been solo, and <clears throat> I think there's an obsession with uh, disparity. I think it's in our human nature to attach to tragedy and to... To visit painful moments or to experience painful moments, you know, like we glorify so much shit when we're kids, like sad songs or rom-coms or horror films even. Yeah, I've been really low. Depression fucking sucks. And like, let's talk about depression.
0: Well, I'm going to circle back because I got two things I was kind of, and you talk about like listening to that emo music, right? Me and buds, we're over here. We're listening to rap. Okay, <laughs> so I, I literally, I'm not relating on like listening to miserable music and getting sad. I'm slapping like, you know, young Jeezy. You know what I mean? So that that's a recommendation, you know, from maybe, but I'm gonna so from both of us. But then also when you talk about that feeling of, um, when you talk about basically like. Almost like loving being miserable, and, and it's there's there's a there's basically like we have our comfort zones, and you look sometimes some some people's comfort zones are chaos. When things are too stable, they got to sabotage it because it's chaos to make it more chaotic. You see it a million times when somebody's like they love like hectic, chaotic relationships or like, you know, up and down. And then yeah, when some they people get, actually love they them, thrive right? on that yeah. and then they get in a healthy relationship and they sabotage it because yeah. they, they want the, the chaos. And I'm guilty. I have all kinds of fucked up comfort zones, you know? And it's interesting in and in, in that same space, like being happy and healthy, it's maybe the misery can be more comfortable if you're that's what you're used to. Oh, in yeah. Some, you know what I mean?
3: Totally. I mean I am everyone's saddest friend.
0: Yeah straight up. Yeah.
3: And I'm okay with that. I have accepted it, but there, there's some, like you said, the comfort zones or even just like maybe adaptation zones, you know, too, where it's like, I function under very intense periods of high stress. Yeah. I am spread so thin that I like sometimes amaze myself where I'm just like, Oh my God, I got through that month. Mm -hmm. How did I do all this shit? And it's just kind of like, for me, it's, it's, it's a, (laughs) <laughs> I'm really good at procrastinating, so yeah. it, it's 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 a work technique yeah. that isn't the most beneficial. Yeah. because I suffer. Yeah, but the outcomes are always much greater, or um, the outcomes actually exist sometimes. Like yeah. I do respond really well to moments of extreme discourse, and that's just how it works for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Not the healthiest.
0: Well, I think you have to have. You have to, have, you have real. You have to have good highs to appreciate the lows. You got to be sad to appreciate being happy. Yeah, but, I was gonna th- say that too. And, it's and, important. And it's important. And then also when you look at like right now with this depression, it's like it's crazy, man. Like talking about people that are struggling. Like I've personally struggled. I think everybody. I think it's almost impossible to not struggle. And if you if, if you haven't, it's coming. You know. And so like you look, my aunt works for. Um, she's a she's a doctor, and she was saying the suicide hot lines are just like ringing off the hook like you just saved some lady's life at 7-eleven yeah, the other day Insane. what do you, you mean do you want to run that it's s- a story back? long
1: story but do
0: you
3: let's no? get let's no, get five seconds <laughs>
1: i'll give you the quick quick cliff note five seconds someone was having a really really hard time that it was mother's day and they obviously i kind of saw him at Seven Eleven. saw they were having a hard time with it and then you know me went and talked to him and uh she had basically just had this horrible life where she got her kid taken away. Parents kind of orchestrated it all kind of sneakily. She had a husband that gave her such mental abuse. She has PTSD and, uh, she wasn't able to talk to her kid on mother's day because her parents wouldn't let her. her. They're basically brainwashing the kid to not talk to her. Long story short, she was going to kill herself up the Canyon. And I sat sat and talked to her for like 45 minutes. Actually it was like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And afterwards, Got her to got her happy, and then got her help the next day, you and it saved was insane. Her. Yeah, it was insane. It was, a, and there's Stony, a lot more to the story, Bud but that's that's st- the cliff. Stony notes. Bud
0: Street saved her life. Yeah. yeah, he called me the next day, and broke it down. It was, Buds, it was messed up. It was it yeah. was
1: pretty intense, and the stuff she was telling me that she's been through was gnarly.
3: I mean, it's like, have you been there? Like suicide? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to not fully get into it, but yeah.
3: Yeah, you don't need to. What's funny is. You were the first person I texted after mine. Really? Yeah. And it was, you did, every, like, it's funny because I masked it with, like, some sobriety shit. And you fucking came through heavy. You called him? me every day for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Holy
1: shit. And by shit. you saying yours, never... you mean you were in that headspace and...
3: Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, like... Holy shit, I never knew that.
0: But you
1: hit, you got yeah. some sort of vibe if you hit her every day for a month...
0: Dude, he hit no, me every day she, for a but she masked it in sobriety. Cheap. I was just checking in on her to make sure she was being sober. Yeah. I never really put two and but two you together. you got that
1: check-in every day. And sometimes, like, with this lady, it's that one moment I got her through it. That's all you need Dude, is that that's, call. Holy shit, that's Dad. the
3: thing. Like, when you get, I never
0: thought about that. I never wanted you to. Yeah, I n- I huh. n-
3: And it's like, that information was for me. I just shared it with you. But it's yeah. just like, fuck, getting those texts getting those phone calls and just like so embarrassingly answer the phone. And like for you too, like you were checking up on me like, oh, she's trying to stay sober. Like I'm still drinking, but I'm just like But you're hearing ma- y- you his still had the issue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And like there there was a, cr- like fucking hub was there. Hup was there for me endlessly. And then Mark, Mark O'Malley just like really fucking pulled through. And you, for me, it's like you get to a point where you seem so alone. Life is pointless. I spent a lifetime filling up my brain with idealized um, poems, songs, movies, things that just, like, made it so normal. You know, like, to me, it's just like, it was a joke we would, I would joke about wanting to die all the time. I would joke about killing myself. Like for sure. I was the crazy ex-girlfriend. Like when I would just send texts where it's just like, I'll fucking kill myself. Like if you leave me like shit like that, like when you're a teenager, like I'd like to pride myself that I don't do that in my adult life, but it's just like shit where it's like so many people do that. And it's a common narrative. It's something that the, the media talks about it, like pop culture talks about it. And it's become like a desensitized factor, you know? And like, They write songs about it, and it becomes normalized, you know? And then you get to the place where it's, like, you truly think that, like, oh, life, fuck this shit. This shit sucks. I don't make money. Like, people don't love me. Like, family sucks. Like, everything sucks. Like, I don't have friends. Like, you, you can come up with anything, to convince yourself that life sucks. Like, you can fucking stub your toe and think that life sucks, you know? Like, this is just fucking, it's tragic because you look around and it's just kind of like, like you said, suicide is fucking raging right now. Like, we lost two of our friends within the last year and just like, I can't speak on their behalf, you know? But sometimes I wonder, just like, fuck, like, what if... American culture wasn't so obsessed with bullshit that didn't matter or like, fuck, what if like any, like you can't control anything. Everything is out of your hands, but somewhere along the line, like somewhere, along, just a line has to be drawn and it just has to become a thing where it's like, this isn't normal. It's not normal to not want to be alive because we only have one fucking life. Yeah. We have won, you know? And, like, I learned that, and I'm so fucking grateful that I learned it. And it's scary as fuck to even have learned that because now, like, fuck, you got the responsibility of just, like, going through. Like, I'm halfway. Like, (laughs) say maybe I make it to 62. I'm fucking halfway. Fuck, that's a long time. And (laughs) I don't even know if I want to go that, but, like, I mean, I got, like, another 10 years in me, you know? But it's just, like, it's so... Bad right now, mm-hmm. and why?
0: Yeah, totally. Why is it I, bad? Yeah, yeah. S- straight up, the fact that we're talking about this right now is one of those things where it's it's faux pas to talk. You don't talk about that. You don't talk about that. It's like fuck This it. it's too real. I think it's I, more important. Than I, ever I, I know to talk five about people. Though, I know five people in the past fucking year that have killed themselves. And what I'm saying with this COVID, it's fucking terrible more and more people are, are getting lonelier. You're you're separated from your friends. And for me, the hardest times I've had were, a lot of them were attributed to loneliness. And I think it's important to know you got friends, you got people out there that care about you. You got to tell your friends you care about them. And it's like, reach out because, you know, you, you might think that you there's two things that I think is important here. It's like, you might think you're the only person going through it, but guess what? When you look around, there's probably more people than you'd care to imagine that are going through it. And second of all, I feel like a lot of times when you're in those darkest times, you just got to know the the fucking good times are right around the corner. Like it's like, it's, I feel like there's usually like, like if you just hang, keep hanging on. Like you're gonna eventually get through to some, something better, you know, but
3: totally. And that's all, that's all just like a wonderful thing to think. But like some people don't even have the privilege of getting to those thoughts. Yeah. You know? And it's just kind of like the question where it's like, like I asked you like, why, why is it this way? And it's like, I, like, you even, You talked about the loneliness factor. And then I think, too, like, the further we get into, like, phone culture and internet yes, culture, yeah. the more detached the internet we're becoming. Thing's huge. Yeah, and it's like we're, we're losing connection.
1: And you have to stack up to everybody. I know. It's I'm, on the net, and, and that's it, hard to do. Dude, you start to think you're a loser because I, I mean, don't like, stack up.
3: We talk about the internet shit where it's just like I'm fucking successful as hell. Yeah. I've had a sick-ass life. I look at myself on the internet and I look at what people say about me on the internet and I'm straight up just like, oh, you only have 12,000 followers. That's all you've amounted to. We thought you would do so much better. Yeah. And I look at myself and I'm like, do I start posting my body? What if someone says that my body's gross? Like what what, what happens if I don't succeed in that? And, and like, these are all just like, you know, like manic yeah. thoughts that just happen on a daily basis where you're just like everything in life tells tells people that they're not good enough the internet is sitting there screaming at you that you're not good enough why the fuck are we buying into this shit
1: what about all the face tune that everyone does too you're not even seeing the real person anyways if you're a younger younger generation it's crazy
3: i don't even know anymore
1: And
3: it's just shit where it's just like yeah like loneliness is a factor and communication is a factor and just like the biggest thing for me and like That's the thing. Like, being on here talking about this shit, you've lost five people. I lost, like, two. And it's, like, also, like, it's everywhere. Yeah. And that's the shit where it's just, like, I can sit here and complain about institutional sexism endlessly. And I can pound my fist on a desk and rant and rave and just like, proclaim what will make things better, but when it comes to something that's actually, like, a big fucking deal, people, like, have such a hard time talking about it, and then it's just, it's just, it's just crazy that it's this thing, so it's like, yeah, like, showing up, talking about this shit, it's not fucking easy, but for me, it's like, maybe that, maybe there's a fucking chance that just, like, people, or snowboarders, like, people can hear this shit and just be like, Fuck, there's a couple other options. There's always... There's
1: always another option.
3: Always another option. Yeah. And it's like some people don't even have the fucking chance to have the other option, you know? Like, fuck, Mm -hmm. fucking Ojo. Like, the shit that really fucking sucks. And it's like, not like the other... Not That was... I don't mean that to be insensitive at all, you know? But there's shit where people do not have a choice. And that's life, okay? But when you have a choice, you have to choose to choose life. And the only person who's going to choose that is yourself. You can go through all the fucking therapy you want. You can fucking do all the work, all the self. You can do all the fucking yoga, all the meditation. You can do everything. If you don't make the choice, if you don't choose to live, you're not going to, like, be able to step forward. So it's just like, how do we instill this in our fucking youth? How do we instill this in the current depressed-ass fucking COVID-19 populace? Yeah, straight
0: up.
1: And it's people, like- people think that everyone's going to, maybe their life's going to be better if you go away, or no one's going to care. And the fact of the matter is, there's always people that are going to really Dude, care. and
3: that's yeah. the thing. Like, that's oh, why they
1: need to reach out, talk to somebody. It's so worth it to get past that moment. Mm-hmm. And even- people are going to fucking care.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: No matter who you are.
3: Yeah think it like you think about you think about the legacy you know and that's that's the shit that fucking like kills me is you look at the legacy and it's just like people had these lives and they had friends and they were your friends you know and like I have friends I have family and to like think about what that legacy would have done I would have fucked some shit up real bad You know, and I look at the other shit and it's just like, I don't mean to say that like they fucked up, but man, they fucked up. And it's like, you look at the legacy and this is, it just goes back to the shit that I fucking hate. You get a photo on Instagram, you get a paragraph, you get a eulogy at snowboardermagazine.com. Like, what do you fucking get? Nothing. Yeah. It's just sad.
1: It is. It's sad.
3: It's way sicker to fucking stand outside and get a sunburn. Than it is to fucking have a moment of remembrance. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and like, I don't, and these are all things where like, I don't even, articulating the shit's weird because I'm like. Yeah, it's
1: hard to articulate. It's hard to get into.
3: Well, even so, just like, I don't even know what I think. I don't even know how I feel about it because it is all so foreign.
0: Well, it's, it's also not something that's openly discussed at all, at, at all. So we're, we're if talking it was, about, it wouldn't happen as and much. It, exactly. Sure. Because it's, it's not socially acceptable and I mean. it should be Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And that's the thing. It's, like look at the numbers. It's fucking real. People are dying. Fuck that dude. We yeah. got to talk about it.
3: But I mean the first, yeah. the first part is like, realize when you're depressed. Yeah. That's the fir- that's the first fucking part. Cause like, yeah. I remember that shit too, where it's just like depression. What's that? Yeah. Being a woman, you can't be weak. Can't be yeah. depressed. Being yeah. a man, yo, if you're depressed, you're a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have to all some that. People has don't have to a change. choice.
1: It's in their body, like, comp. It's yeah. just the way they're chemistry. made, their chemistry. Yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah. just depressed. You know, my mom's like that. It's just It's a thing. Mm-hmm.
3: It's a thing. And just like if it becomes more calm and if it becomes less taboo, if it becomes yeah. open, like there's a chance, Like I don't even know what we're hoping for, you know? But like for me, it's like if I'm going to sit here and I'm going to fucking demand equal representation for genders like the least I can do is provide some sort of outlet as well for like fuck I don't even know what I'm saying well what
0: you're saying is huge and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can put it into my words in a way of relatability too that's huge my life what I experienced with like getting sober is I thought when I quit drinking I was the only person going through these fucking specific set of problems I was thought it was the only person that was struggling in this way turns out i went to a program i met a bunch of people realized holy shit i'm in a room full of people that all have the exact same fucking problems i do and i think in regards to what we're talking about with mental health and people killing themselves i think there's a lot of people that are fucking going through it and they're just internalizing they're not talking about it so it's like fuck it let's talk about it and we're talking about it it's fucking dope and so you know in this video, we'll probably have links in the bio, shit, oh, to, yeah, it, to sure. some links where you can get some some numbers and talk to people. Most importantly, reach out, talk to your friends, get on the phone, like meet people in person if you can. And and I don't know what the solution is, but I think the fact that we're talking about it is some degree of fucking solution. You know yeah. what I mean? And
3: mm-hmm. I think like yeah, for viewers, like man, first warning signs a joke. Oh yeah, straight up. Yeah, first warning signs a joke.
0: Yeah, when people are joking about it, yeah, yeah they
1: start joking about it, and it means they're really thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, because why else would you joke about it?
3: Yeah, no, and that was like one of the biggest changing factors for me too. Is like fucking Mark O'Malley sits me down, like whatever, immediately after, and it's just like this isn't funny anymore.
1: He said that. Yeah, yeah, that's dope.
3: Straight up, this isn't funny anymore. We can't. Yeah, like, this is not a it's joke. Not a joke. Yeah. And what's crazy is, regardless of the, regardless of whatever happened, I had to teach myself to not joke about it. Yeah. Because it was so ingrained, because it was so easy. Mm-hmm. It was a, a habit that I had to break myself from, you know? And like, that's just, yeah, shit like that. It's just so fucking crazy.
1: It's just, if you're ever feeling that low and you're a viewer, fuck, hit us up if you have no one to hit up, man. Straight I'll, up. I'll get on the phone with anybody. Stony Bud, and talk dude, to them dude. Too. every day. Is to meet,
0: <laughs> meet, catch Stony at 7 <laughs> Eleven.
1: Catch me at Sevy. We can have a talk. No, but for real, I mean, talk to somebody because it, Drugs also fuel that depression, and that's a heavy thing. Alcohol Alcohol. fuels the depression. And you got to realize that. Maybe you're drunk. Maybe you need to wake up sober before you make a decision that you can never come back from. Totally.
3: Or there's other things, too. Maybe you're addicted to working out. Maybe you're addicted to your phone. Like, there's so many things. And like Chris said, talk to somebody. Yeah. Fucking anybody. And even if nobody's listening, fucking call your parents. If you don't got parents, call the fucking hotline. Like, there's... A phone that connects to something. And if you don't want to talk to anybody, fuck you. Talk to somebody. Man, yeah, no
1: that's kid the should outlive I their parents. That's yeah. Damn straight sure. up. If it's you're a- going to
3: sit there and be better than this and just like, nah, it's not worth it. Like, fuck this. Fuck you. Yeah. Do something before it. Do something else. It's the worst that's going to happen is nothing. The worst thing that happens is you fucking die.
1: And then affect so many people's lives that actually cared for you so much. It's like... Get through it. Call some people.
3: Yeah. Be kind. Fuck the bullshit right now. Fuck the trolling. Fuck the internet. Fuck the...
1: Yeah, the trolling's heavy. It's making teenagers that are like 14 make decisions. Dude, like I that. got
3: the shit kicked out of me on the internet because I have armpit hair.
1: Really? Yeah. I thought that was almost trendy now at this point. <laughs> <It must laughs> I thought that was the cool thing. i sweat. Should we hit the troll? Let's hit, let's hit the troll with a little...
0: Oh, shit. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, by. the troll's Oh, damn it. <laughs> that the wrong sound. fired. By. Son of a bitch. I'm on the wrong panel here. Alright, we're going to the troll. You're fired. Yeah, shouts to the troll. Yeah. Alright, well, you know what? Let's let's keep... Let's, let's do a little pivot here how do you feel about a pivot
3: we need a we gotta bring this back up I think we
0: gotta go go back up (laughs) real quick I just wanna know the answer to the
1: question I was asking before America's top next top model or whatever Desiree, when I, when, when I hear about that, I was—I told my wait, wife was telling me you—you you tried what? to get on America's Next Top Model, yeah, yeah, the TV show. I did yeah. not believe her. <laughs> I was like, you obviously have the wrong—the wrong pro the wrong snowboarder.
3: Oh, no, I did. I was like seventeen. They had open calls. Uh, I went. You showed up wearing fucking five-inch heels, skinny jeans, white tank top.
1: Five-inch Hair heels. in
3: a ponytail, yeah, because they want to see your bone structure, so you put your hair back, and um, you have to be in heels because you can't do runway, not in heels. True. You got, so if you um, can't walk in heels,
1: you can't do the runway. Straight up,
3: yeah. So I, I went, and I got I made it to the second round, and then they were just like, yeah, you're not for us. You made it to the second round. Yeah. And so what
1: made you do it, though? You. I mean, you have a unique look about you. For oh my sure. God.
3: I love fashion. I love yeah. modeling. I love pop culture. Yeah, I love so sense. much of the shit that I mm-hmm. hate on. Yeah. And like, I, I don't think that all things are bad. I don't think that all women who expose their bodies, that it's like some insane over sexualization of their body. Like we need lingerie models. Yeah. Yeah how the fuck else are we going to see how good we're going to look <laughs> yeah. while they were? We, we could get some more body types <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Maybe I like we, that. Could, really, we could really, we could really just make it a little bit more acceptable. Yeah. But for the most part, like I think mod I, I think it's cool. And i like photography. I think also. Yeah. That, like
1: that type of photography is insane.
3: And that's when I made the shift too, where like, I could never like look at the camera and just be like, you can't do like the sexy face or you're just like,
2: yeah. <laughs> and
3: they're just like, can you just smile? And I'm like, <laughs> Am I smiling? <laughs> and I saw, like, dripping sweat. And they're just like, You're not good at this. And I'm like, Give me the fucking camera. Yeah, Let's, the switch. camera. Let's, Let's switch. Let's switch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Especially when, I, you know, modeling snowboard outerwear in California in the middle of oh, just Jesus. like, oh, in sweat. Just like,
3: Ugh. Dude, yeah. those photos make me look so fucking bad. And I'm always just like, I'm like, Cook. <laughs> He's just like, Des, you look great. <laughs> I'm just like, I look like shit, man. No wonder you guys want to fucking hire models. They do not hire models, but no, no wonder other brands hire models and bring them in. Because like when you get there and you get in all the clothes, and really you just look like fucking garbage. You're not. I'm not selling any outerwear. My modeling no, is not Dad, selling
0: any you fucking outerwear. You look great. You look great. Let's be real. Oh, um, God. But so for the sake of time, let's bring it back and let's talk about these goddamn accolades. We're talking writer of the year, video part of the year. Do you want to just run through the whole thing?
3: I don't got it memorized.
0: Snowboarder Magazine cover, (laughs) okay? Something about this
1: cover, Pat Bridges always tells me it's one of the top three most viral covers of Snowboarder Magazine. Talk about
3: the cover. On the internet?
1: On the internet. Well, this is before the other ones that were, you know, a lot of covers weren't put out on the net, but since the internet and Instagram, there's three covers that are, like, the most viral. One of them is the 30-year cover.
3: Oh, that one's fucked. Yeah, and I forget the
1: third one, but yours is top three. As far as went most viral when it came out. Great photo.
0: It's kind of crazy. Buds, you did not not take that one. Buds did
3: not take Buds was not invited to the set. take that. (laughs) And you know what?
0: That's a lot of photos
1: I don't always look at and be like, damn, that dude killed it. He killed it. Oh, yeah.
3: Shouts to Marco Malley. Great photographer. Great filmmaker. Talented guy.
0: Great photo. Sorry. No, I don't mind. Uh, And then let's see that couple years into Think Tank, you got Women's Writer of the Year. Yep.
3: Yep. I did video part of the year first, and then yep. women's rider and video part, and then another video part. Stacks. St-
0: that's, that's a that stacks of trophies over here. I mean, but
3: when it, so this this is my favorite. I mean, I am really proud. Yeah. R- honored even. Yep. Then I look around and I'm just like, "Fuck!" Just has so many more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like I think MFR's got a lot Jamie's yeah. got a fuck yeah. but then they got like the medals that's the yeah. thing too where like a part of me's like alright how do I get to the Olympics just so I can get a ring
2: I'm just like
3: I need something like border cross and yeah. I'm like I'm too maybe yeah. who knows but like you think like I wish I had some medals these and-
0: girls it's like Brady and like Peyton Manning he like, had yeah. so many damn trophies but they still don't have enough uh, yeah. compared to the other person <laughs> You know I mean? just
3: I, but it's like that's like you commit you com, you commit the whole life to this shit and yeah. you're just like I just want to prove to everyone that I get to be here because yeah. that goes back to the beginning of being yeah. a girl and just being like why the fuck are you who the fuck invited I you I feel like
1: in the snowboard world you have proven you have yeah, a slot we still gotta
0: keep going <laughs> yeah you gotta keep going. You don't want to get comfortable and but let's take a little pause and kiss your ass because at the end of the Stop. day you no, like there's women that you you're paved the way for like all yeah. the all those girls that are coming up right now, I guarantee you paved the way for them and made all this shit possible. So I you just, gotta give yourself some credit. On that. Yeah. It's fun
3: to th- it's fun to think about where I just hope it's a little bit easier. Not yeah. not in the realm of them progressing snowboarding wise, but I just hope it's easier for them to be accepted for who they are, for the way they look, for the ways that they want to express themselves. I hope that the future women of snowboarding literally get to look at shit and be like, that's whack <laughs> and do their own shit. Yeah. You know? And like that I just I so badly just hope that these up up and coming generations are just like independent thinkers who fucking rip and that's the thing. They rip right now. You know, Mm. Kennedy rips, Jill rips, Maria rips. And it's just like, fuck, like you're going to, you guys are going to be in the positions of power in the next four years. And it's just like, fucking do your thing, yeah, you know? And hopefully your guys' paths are fucking sick, yeah, you know? And like, that's, that's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever hoped for. And like, still to this day, I'm just like, it's your first year, your first year filming. Like, let's fucking go out. I'll teach you everything I know.
1: And that's so I, cool to do that. Yeah.
3: Like, I can't teach people you how to do that. the trick, but I can teach you how to build a spot. I can teach you how to find a spot. You
1: work your ass up, off out there, too. It's insane. Love shoveling. Yeah.
0: That's that's a graceful move to to become a bit more of a mentor. As you know, yeah. like that's always cool because a lot of people try to, they view the youth as competition. It's like, I look at the women coming up in summer. It's it's in fucking great hands. There's so many ripping chicks coming up right now. It's awesome. But and like I love that fine.
1: I can go out on a photo shoot now and have a mix because before it was never like that for me. Yeah. And I think it keeps it so much more fun and legit.
3: Well, and that's the thing too. Like there was such a disparity of women's action photos. Like I feel like even when my interview came out in snowboarder mag, it was like bridges was just like, Oh my God, you have 13 photos. And I'm just like, I don't fucking know. Like, what do you mean? He's like, Girls don't get these sticks.
1: Yeah. He has to hunt. He can. Yeah. He has to decide who's going to get an interview based on who has enough photos because even the ones he wants to give them to don't have enough photos. And how
3: fucked up is that? Yeah, that's
1: messed up. doesn't it's matter like how good the story nobody is. Nobody was out shooting these girls that are like just top. It's messed up. Yeah, he he stresses about that
0: all the time. Oh, and that's so that, the thing. Trickles back to women f- photographers too. Fuck it. All the way through.
3: I think there's like three yeah. right now. Yeah. And like that that's Maybe the thing where it's less. like. Pick up, like, I'm going to pick up a camera. Like, that's a void to fill. I can make some fucking dough. I see Stony Bud's making all the dough. I'm about to come for his cheddar biscuits. (laughs)
0: You're referring to We're talking about cheddar biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the
1: bisque here. Well, you know what's crazy, too, is women's snowboarding is on the rise. So shooting with women's a smart move, and a lot of guys don't even understand that.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. Business-wise,
1: like, it's yeah, a smart move.
3: But, like, there, it also doesn't have to be, like, the girl thing either. It's, like, the girl snowboarders don't need the girl photographer and the girl filmer, yeah. you know? But it's just, Good like, point. fuck, any ladies out there who are sick-ass photographers, we need you. I yeah. hey, guess and- what?
0: Guys even are short of photographers. Yeah. We, we could use a girl photographer.
3: You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Let's go. We could also use a bunch of dude photographers too. If any yeah. guys yeah. are out there like, oh, maybe I should get in a snowboard photographer. like Pick up a fucking camera. But just so you know, it sucks. You're not going to make any money and it's terrible. <laughs> it's it's a
1: passion game. Yeah, You'll get some good friends
3: and
0: great you experiences. You might go on some cool trips though. Yeah. And that's yeah. the best part. Yeah, that's the
3: beauty uh, of I'm it. I'm going to touch on
0: something that I think, I'm going to speak on men's rights right now. Sick.
3: <laughs> you, are you gonna mansplain some uh, men's rights? I'm gonna
0: mansplain. I just had this. I had this in my notes, so I'm gonna say it because we're moving through the notes. But I just hope for men's snowboarding, the next Travis Rice is fucking gay. Like he's just open, like fully out, doing fucking triple corks, and that's it. That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't know if that applies to men's <laughs> right? I just want to say that it's on the. Sh- I was talking to Dave Sturdoman, and we were chatting about that. Shouts to Dave. Dude, you want to think?
3: Of, you want to talk about it? Yeah, like, sure. That shit. It. See, that shit's crazy. Because it's
0: okay for women to be like, like, like les- lesbians are accepted or whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. But it's not accepted for a dude to fucking. It's be so like, much right. more accepted lately, though, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm it down. Is,
3: Define but, accepted. It is with
0: us. If, with us. If I, but there's nobody doing it yet. If.
1: If the next Travis Rice was gay, I'd be so down to go of shoot him. And you hang would with be him. down,
3: yeah. totally. Uh, uh we live in a very homophobic nation. Yeah, no denial there. America, homophobic as fuck. Get your shit together. Yeah, being Europe, gay Europe is much, sick. Much
1: chiller. Agreed. You know, like, and yeah. and this
3: is this is straight up the thing. Sexuality, fuck you. Like we, like you want to know who I'm fucking. That is none of your business. Same as anybody can marry whoever the fuck they yeah, want. straight up. Like, and this is talking from straight up experience. Like, I am just like so fucking across the board, the spectrum, sex, sexual, fuck, I'm stuttering now because I'm getting excited, <laughs> where it's just like into chicks, into dudes. Like, just straight up, love it. And if the next Travis Rice is gay, who openly comes out as gay, that would mean That there was a chance that snowboarding wasn't, that the snowboarding industry didn't have their heads so fucking far up their ass that people are still fucking scared to come out.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: That's the problem. Yes. All right. So like people are scared to come out because of the repercussions. You know, you look at what happened. This pro college football player was drafted to be 90th pick, came out a senior year, moved down to 140th in the draft got picked up by some team, dropped the next week, went and played for Canada for a year, kicked off. And this was all 2016.
0: Oh, damn, not that long ago. Not
3: that long ago. Crazy. So there, there's heavy repercussions for a- athletes mm-hmm. in sports to come out. And the bottom line is it's not a safe environment. And you know, the, the most fucked up part is it's not the teams that are homophobic. It's not the coaches that are homophobic. It's the fans
0: yeah, that's a good point. I never looked at it like that.
3: And, and straight up, it's just like, it's so funny. And it, oh man, it's kind of like shouts shouts to this fucking college class I'm in right now because it's fucking sociology of sports in America where it's mm. just like, I'm reading about this shit every day and I'm just writing about it and I'm like a little bit obsessed. But the bottom line is, is shit's fucked up. So how do we fix it? You know, and it's going to be generational. It's going to be the same shit that I talked about earlier with the kids. And it's also just getting these fucking old heads out of office. Yeah. And it's that's a- the biggest problem, huh? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we have to restructure. We have to restructure shit. And it's just like, you talk about like women. It's totally cool for women to be gay in action sports. And the you know why? Because if you're a girl who's an athlete, you're already going against like the dictated norms Mm. your stereotypes you're not soft you're not frail you're not fragile so if you're not a soft little girl you're definitely a lesbian oh damn and then so every girl every athlete every woman athlete has to go through this throughout their journey of being an athlete just the social stigma you're good at sports you must be gay oh wow and then so all the girls who are straight are just like fuck i gotta prove that i'm straight gotta get a boyfriend Maybe get, like, four other boyfriends. Maybe get engaged. Fuck a bunch of dudes just so they know I'm not gay. Like, you know, just in case you're wondering, I'm not gay. You know, and then I'll wear pink or something. And then on the other hand, the chicks who are gay, they're just like, yeah, we're fucking gay. And the entire world is like, we knew it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you just screwed either way.
3: Yeah, it's just just a fucking... lose-lose. Lose-lose. And then so the the men, the male athlete, like, they can't be gay. Yeah. Because they got to be tough and strong and resilient. The like, skier yeah.
1: came out and everyone was. Gus stoked,
0: Kensworthy. Right?
2: yeah, yeah,
3: and it's no, but I think within our industries and community, there's total support. But yeah, I you're think, saying more
0: the outside uh, yeah. of that. I'm
3: talking the problem. Outside world is where the problem is. is, yes. the problem yeah. is. Like yeah. gay bashing still exists. There's the like
0: 14 year old f- immature kids too are a fan, and those kids are brutal, man. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. kids are tough. You know, it's, like they're it, always audience. saying, "They're like I think about." Shit, when I was a cat age, you are just a fucking little shithead. Yeah. You're <laughs> a yeah. Shit, well, and
3: that's the thing, too. I think, like, the social climate has changed so much where I'm super shameful about my past and the language that I used to use. Yeah. I would say terrible things, not yeah. to gay people, but I didn't understand the power of words, and I didn't understand the implications that came along with the power of words. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, this shit matters. So fucking learn your vocabulary. Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, people are way out. off on that still. Totally. Yeah.
3: Like if you're still dropping f bombs in 2020, I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face. Yeah. And
1: there's or people the throat. You can go for the throat too. The throat's good too. Yeah, the jugular. Yeah. Yeah. The throat it. punch is actually pretty efficient.
3: <laughs> yeah. Just. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my god. Oh my god.
0: That'll shut them up quick too. they like, "What are you saying? Oh." <laughs> <laughs> You drop an F-bomb, you're getting a throat punch.
3: Yeah. So I, I hope that the next Travis Rice is openly gay. That would rule. Straight up. That and would up, be
0: rule. Yeah. And on the side side of, like, dudes, it's like, I've I've had a really close friend tell me and it and came out to me and it was like, I literally cried tears of joy. It's like, I, maybe if they're tripping, it's like. Most likely, if you got good friends and they're your friends, they're gonna be fucking stoked. If they're not yeah. stoked. And fuck them. They're if not they're not, your not friends. stoked, fuck them. They're not yeah. your friends. Exactly. You should be
1: able to live your life how you yeah. want to live your life, 100%. and if you can't, that's fucked. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
3: And, like, like, and that's. Can imagine
1: said. trying to struggle with that. Yeah. No,
3: that's something to be said too. Like whenever you hit the age of like twenty-five, look the fuck around. Figure out who your friends are.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Just
3: straight up, take a good hard look around and be like, I can count on you. I can count on you. And if any of those people have any reservations about your sexuality or your gender, those aren't your friends. Yeah, you can find new ones.
0: Exactly. And give them a little throat punch, dude. Quick throat
3: punch. We're gonna we're gonna say violence is not the answer. <laughs> we should never be hitting people. But just real quick, you, you, can, you can maybe throat punch. Might Deserve it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's talk. Let's keep going about. uh We're gonna do another. I'm, I'm liking this word pivot. Pivot. We're gonna do a pivot. We're bouncing. Let's, we're pivoting. That uh, yeah.
1: diesel's new uh, hot word. On yeah, the set. it's a new hot word in the pivot. <laughs> <set. laughs> Everyone pivot. So should we do
2: a quick <laughs> yeah, musical
0: chairs too? <laughs> <laughs> we could absolutely. We can do some musical chairs. I'll put the song back on. It'll be great. Let's talk about United Slopes of America. The project shit was dope. Let's go.
3: Oh, so long ago. I know. So long ago. That yeah. was a. Uh, that was fun, you know, and that, that was a passion project, a creative endeavor where um...
0: explain it to the people that aren't familiar.
3: All right. So for the viewers who don't know what United Slopes is, it was a very underfunded uh, documentary escapade in a way where the, I, I, man, so I, I did this huge pitch to like some brands where I'm like, I'm going to drive to every ski resort in the United States of America. You know, and like that's insane. There was like four hundred and twenty-five, or Every, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah that's like, and this was like, but I did all the research and I yeah. made this insane pitch deck, and I'm like, it'll take four years. <laughs> I got this, yeah. and, and just like deep down, it was this um, obsession. You know, I, I kind of went off a, on a rant earlier about the obsession of like cataloging feelings and emotions, and just kind of getting these stories uh, for validity. And in a way, like I had, I've fallen in love with snowboarding. I'm in love with snowboarding, and I had such. I mean, they could have been way worse, but I personally had these injuries that weren't allowing me to come back with the fierceness that I wanted for filming video parts. So in my mind, I was just like, I love telling stories. Let's tell some fucking stories. And then I hate branded content. So I'm having I've I've been having a huge issue with just the way that things are created and how they were kind of like shoved down our throats. Where in my mind it's super transparent when it's an ad. Like I'm just like I can see fucking straight through it. That's an ad. This isn't organic. This isn't real. This is fabricated. You guys are pushing. You're pulling for this story. So with the United Slopes the whole deal was like I just want to drive around and hopefully meet people at these places. And interview them about snowboarding. And how it makes you feel. And then also make it a little educational. Like hopefully people learn the elevation if they read the fine print on the episodes. Whatever. It was a lot of work. I mean, you know. Like, you know how hard it is to, like, do a web series. And so, like, this web series where it's just, like, me and one other kid who I have to, like, be with nonstop. You know, just, like, I didn't understand what it was until we did it. And then we did it for the second year, and that was just, like, too much. It was a little too crazy.
0: Crazy, like, (laughs) unbearable workload, I'd imagine, and unrealistic. Like, the amount of days there's snow, the amount of resorts, and, like... But I think that what's really cool is we, we obsess about filming these video parts, which 90% of the snowboard population is never going to fucking slingshot into a down bar behind a fucking <laughs> rubber bungee. But they can relate to going to all these different little resorts and you going to some little East bumfuck town and doing a tail press that's 12 o'clock boys on the down bar is going to get some people psyched. And there is like, I think that was a cool endeavor.
3: I mean, it's funny. I still get fan mail. Yeah, it's really. Way more for United relatable. Slopes, yeah. No way. And yeah. I, I had no idea that it would last this long. Like yep. we didn't get music rights. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a production team. It was just me. The first year it was me and Tyler. The second year it was me and Mark. Yep. And it's like it's a lo- it's a lot of heavy lifting. But yep. the the outcome, like yeah, by no means is it like the best web series ever. But it's just like you look at like the comparison one where like Eddie Wall went to all the resorts and like rated the resorts, and I'm just like. Dude, yeah. you are spewing bullshit at the audience right now. Like, th- it's like the difference of like Anthony Bourdain or like some really shitty travel
0: dude. <laughs> or Guy Fieri, though. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: let's go Anthony Bourdain versus Guy Fieri. You know, like where I'm like, I could, I could, do the Anthony Bourdain thing a little bit. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was, it was just an idea, and like mm-hmm. that was the beauty of it too, like to just have an idea. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I remember I pitched the name to Bridges. And he's I, the amount of times I would I would man, I would just hit up Pat all the time. Yeah. Where I'd be like, What about this? What about this? What yeah. about this name? What about this idea? What about this project? And he's just like, No.
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of disgruntled Nope.
2: Like Yeah.
0: He <laughs> may have actually Swallowed a microphone
1: of just like Swallows his cigarette I gotta go <laughs> <laughs>
3: This isn't gonna work There's a cat in his throat yeah. You know Ooh, um, The cat. But there, There's something to be said About just having an idea And being Like who Who gets to do that Where you're like I have this idea Let's make hey, it Something
0: Hey you guys need to Give me a bunch of money I'm gonna go <laughs> Drive around to a bunch of resorts You're gonna want it You're gonna want in on this You're definitely Cause you're gonna get A good ROI for sure It's yeah. like no, but that's the, that's what's beautiful. But what we do, it's awesome.
3: No, it's sick. I mean,
1: and you're still getting views and stuff, huh?
3: I haven't checked. No. I, I haven't checked but the but views if you're or still anything. Still getting mail. You're still, obviously getting, still getting views. You
1: know, we're yeah. going to
0: link this in the description of the podcast or big the video. So, just if you're interested, it'll be in there.
3: Check out United Slopes. It's and, great.
0: And we're going to do another pivot for the sake of time. Let's talk about the big project, the Des project, Fade Accompli. The- Fucking banger! I never even knew how to say it, proverb. And where did the name come from? <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah, of questions. Where did questions. the name come from? Um, a lot of questions.
3: Name bridges actually figured out. Okay. Um, I was gonna call it Tunnel Vision. Okay. Um, a lot of people have a hard time with the poetry in it. They all think I'm blind, um, which I actually don't mind. I think it's really cool. Oh, so
1: that's why you wanted to go Tunnel Vision? Yeah, because
3: it's just like the metaphor of just yeah. kind of how like we live our lives, or how I've been living my life, in a very intense kind of like. Yeah. One thing matters. I've committed my entire life to snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole wide world out there, whatever. Um. So yeah, fate was just another fate was bouncing off of the failed United slopes where I tried to uni- do United slopes. I was hurt. My back was super fucked up. I kind of went through hell with my back and then got that all fixed, you know? So then my back was good at the last, um, the summer going into fate and Mark, Mark was just kind of like, uh-uh. And I was like, what do you mean? he's like, I'm not finishing editing United Slopes. There is too much footage. This is too much work. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> like, all this shit. And I'm just like... Cause there was one more episode that we never even put out and it was like following around stacks at snowbird and it it was so much cool shit. I got all these old photos of stacks and like his mom, I feel so bad that never came out. I like interviewed his dad and his mom, like legends. the the interview, like they sat down with us and like we got so much shit and it was, it just came down to Mark being like, I quit. And I was just like, I can't, I can't pay him so he can quit and, we're roommates, so we like live together. And he's Perfect. he's in his room. You sure you want to quit? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> All right? And, and I'm just like, what if we make a movie? Okay. No way. That's literally how it went down. <laughs> basically, so sick. So in from well, different
1: rooms in the
2: house. Yeah,
3: and and see, Mark too is like he wasn't sold. He didn't know what he was doing. Like I stole him from High Cascade, basically, and he's just kind of turned into this really talented photographer and filmer um so getting him to sign on the united slopes i just sat him down and was just like you need to quit your job you work for camp that sucks we gotta go and he was just like okay like i'll quit and so he quit and then he worked for me and whatever it worked out and then when i started doing fate honestly it was all his idea in a way like he was just very he's very core very skateboarder and was just like sick of this documentary bullshit like you haven't filmed like a trick in a while. We sh- you should film a trick. Like, why don't you just film a sick video part? Like, let's just make a movie. And I was just like, yeah, like he, he, like he planted the seed. I thought about it. And for me, it was just kind of like, I want to make an, like kind of like an opus, you know, like I've always wanted to make an art film. It turned into an art film. And then, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's not my favorite project I've ever done. But the fact that I made it, super proud of myself, super proud of Mark, super thankful for all the people who I got to film with uh, while filming for it. But it was just, um, once again, like, another idea and just kind of, like, challenging myself to, like, can I make something? Mm -hmm. And, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to suck, you know? And, like, even if it doesn't suck, maybe a couple people will be inspired or maybe I'll figure out another path. Yeah. You know, it's just this uh, it's it's disregard for the fear of failure mm-hmm. in a way like we're in the back of my mind. Everything I make sucks. So I'm just straight up like I can't make anything worse than this. Might as well keep <laughs> making shit oh, because yeah. fuck it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really appreciative for the opportunity I had to make fate, you know, or like 32 came in and sponsored it and Solomon sponsored it. And they just were like, do whatever you want. You know, and Bridges was really gracious with so much information where, like, he taught me how to get music rights. He taught me how to navigate just kind of being another producer on a more serious level than I was with United Slopes. Mm-hmm. And just kind of fallen into these roles where I wouldn't have, like, I, I can't pay for this experience. You know, I, I straight up can't pay for the experience. And it's just like to get to make something for my friends to enjoy, to showcase other people who might not have a limelight on them you know like i think about vinny all the time
2: mm-hmm.
3: like fuck he's one of my favorite snowboarders he's so fucking sick and it's just like he can't film like and it, it's just like that was my favorite thing was to be in minnesota and just like we're filming vinny mm-hmm. like that was it
0: yeah he had some tough clips
3: yeah it was the sickest part of the whole fucking year in Holse man mm-hmm. see Holse has been like the sickest thing to watch where i like he when i was filming united slopes him, He knew me vaguely from working at the ice cream stand. I knew him because he was the crazy redheaded guy. He sends me a DM when I'm filming for United Slopes. Hey, I really like United Slopes. Like, do you think you'll come to any Oregon resorts? And I'm like, no, definitely not. Like, we're doing all Tahoe. And he's like, oh, that's a bummer. And I was like, you want to come out? Stay in the camper. I don't fucking care. Shows up the next week. <laughs> didn't leave us for a month. What <laughs> a legend. It was so sick. And it was just like, I've always had this hunch about holes where, like, I'm such a big believer in, like, the right person you know we're like i think in snowboarding there's a lot of fucking people who just aren't the right people they just they just get to do it Mm -hmm. and like no like no shade at them or anything like i'm just kind of like you're not my type we're like we kind of grind and we love this shit like our vacation isn't going to bali our vacation is going to hood you know, like I, I there's just like the certain type of breed. And like, I found that in Hulse and like for the last Five years. It's been such a fucking treat. And, like, this year he filmed with us for the Snowboarder Mag movie. And I swear to God, it's straight up fucking Eminem and 8 Mile. So sick.
0: So <laughs> yeah. He was kind of putting on this winter. For yeah, God, he
3: showed up.
0: Yeah. He he's fucking he's sh- hungry, right?
3: Yeah. And, I, I mean, all the kids showed up. Like, uh, Dylan, Dylan showed up. Denver showed up. Jill showed up. Like, always. Nerve is fucking amazing. Phil, insane. Like, small-ass crew. Different type of video. Ted's making it, like... That What's that the name of the on. project? Tangle.
1: Tangle. Yep. I knew the name, but...
3: You knew the name. <laughs> I don't tangle. I don't know the name. Snowboarder Magazine, Snowboarder Magazine. I get movie. another
0: call from Bridges if you think I didn't
3: know, I know. the name of the- he, His ears are just <laughs> ringing. It's Tangle! There's no D <laughs> Dude,
0: I think, talking about Jeff Hulse, I'm thinking about my extended group of people I know in snowboarding. I don't know if there's a person that fucking loves, like, purely yeah. loves snowboarding through his, like, fucking core. Like, that motherfucker loves this He's shit. He's trying Dude. to get
1: all the VHS stuff digital right now just for the sake of the sake of being the historian. steak of it or for the steak he wants a like steak. a T-bone
0: steak he or- also <laughs> wants Play. to
1: be on real snow next year so if anyone listening wow. anyone can set that we up you gotta make that happen Holtz is down
3: yo whoever's got the real snow connect hit up the boy Jeff Holtz I dare you I got a guy that he, would be he so wants sick.
1: in he told me that about a month ago that's awesome dude he'd
3: die for he it he wants in some people would die for the pussy Holtz will die for the video part yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, I'm ready to pull some buns for Jeff Holse when that time comes. <laughs> Let's go.
3: I want to be there. I want to be there too, man. I want to be there too.
0: <laughs> pretty cool. And then uh, also, I just, I'm just, i circling back because I was hearing all this Are shit. Are you going to pivot again? We're, we're going to pivot Let's do another pivot. <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing another pivot. But like, when well, you're talking about all these different projects and finding the one, it's like, I just call it just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? That's True. all it is. That's all it is. And uh, I know that wasn't super important, but I was just. It burst at the Wait, seams. Back to, to
1: Tangle, though. You're going to be the art director. Oh yeah, correct. Lightly, Evolution. lightly. Uh, lightly.
3: T- Ted and I are working pretty heavily together. Oh, um, yeah, I, I got to. That. I got to partner with an internship um, for the art degree I'm getting. So quote unquote art director, get to do quite a few things, but just really collaborating with Ted. Yeah. Um I'm, after
1: he films it, I'm sure he has a lot of input he wants to get, but
3: No, totally, and he's a great visionary and I think I get to counteract a lot of his yeah. habits and he gets to counteract a lot of my habits. And for me, like my I think our jobs with creating a snowboard film is just to make everybody look good. Yeah. And there's know? gonna be
1: ads and, and internet ads and yeah, with snowboarders. So there's going to be a lot of stuff for you to weigh in on. So much stuff, and stove. that's the thing.
3: Like we're providing the majority of our own content, even photo wise this that's year. Sick. So it's like it's exciting. Ted and I, halfway fuck halfway through filming in Minnesota, uh, Ted's just like, "Do we go get a Mark Five or Mark? What is it? Yeah, it's a a, Mark Five. Yeah, you got a Canon. Yeah, he's just like, fuck it, just dropping money. Get get the camera. To have a photo lenses. camera. Because we were sh- we were shooting film all year." So we were shooting film on this like outdated camera yeah. that like actually was super reliable, and we had the good lenses. So I'm just shooting all these fucked up fish photos of Phil, basically. But I'm like, oh my god, I hope it turned out. It's on film. Yeah, feeling like Andy Wright in fucking 1994. Yeah, but like it really Sick. like, and we're just like, fuck it, we like the film, and then we're like, all right, we just got to get a digital camera. Like fuck he it, he bought one. <laughs> he did, t- so yeah, dope. yeah. He comes through. He always comes through with the gear, like. I don't have the type of funds, but he's always just like, we did it. I know he
1: seems to always figure that out, get what's needed.
0: Fuck, we talked about your insane snowboard career, women's rider of the year, video part of the year, multiple times, snowboarder mag cover. Then you do your own United Slopes, and you do Fate Accompli, and you're the art director for the new one, which is like really like it's 50% women, 50% men, which we didn't even really talk about, right? That's is that yeah, the Yeah, that ratio? was something
3: that I really pushed for. Yeah. And it's it's not 100%, yeah. but um going into the winter, I kind of I've just been trying to do this thing and it's just like anybody listening, any of my peers listening, you want to fucking make an all women snowboard video? Let's go. I'm down. For some reason, it's so hard to like it's like fucking pulling teeth right now where Mm -hmm. just like everyone's got the sickest shit going on and the sickest opportunities. So it's like not the right time. But if there is ever is a time hit me up, I would love to film it. I'd love to direct it. I'd love to be there. You know, and that's the thing too. Like I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be fucking filming, but yeah, it's just, uh, I really wanted to have a film with equal representation because like right now we're in these times where everyone wants equality. We got the women's movement. We want equal, like I don't like equal pay. I've, a more difficult time with within our industry. Um, I don't fully believe that women should get paid. People should be paid on their merits. You know, you should get the amount that you need, um, to do your job. So, and gender should not be an issue in this. It should have nothing to do with how much you're paid, obviously. Um, so I was just with come with doing the film this year. We we weren't sure what it was going to be. And I didn't even know what it was going to be. I just knew that I wanted to film with Jill. And I was just like, Jill, Jill to me is like the sickest up and comer right now who has so much talent on a board. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like I am about this because it is about the snowboarding and just kind of like saw that spark in Nirvana too. And like, I see that, I see that spark in a lot of women, honestly, where I'm just like, fuck, it would be so sick to just get on a project together. But because of brands, it's fucking impossible. Like I'm never going to get to film with like the sick ass people who I want to film with. I don't ride for the same brands as a lot of women. So I'm just not going to get the opportunity to film with them. So this year I was like, I really wanted to be at least half girls and half guys. It ended up with just me, Jill and Nerf, and five guys. So it's, it's not even close. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. close to half, but it's just like,
0: it's a good race,
3: but just having the intention, you, got three, you know, three like girls uh,
1: that are bosses is, is pretty dope.
3: Yeah. And I think just, just walking into it and being like, no matter what, There's at least three girls in it and let's fill these slots, you know, just like having the intention to not just pick like the absolute sickest guys, you know, and it's just like some people might say like, oh, well, that's like not fair to the audience or it's not the sickest boarding or it's not the best investment. Like I don't give a shit. Like people show up when they're provided an opportunity. The least you can do is provide an opportunity. And that's my goal is I'm always pushing towards trying to at least provide opportunity for people. And it's usually behind the scenes too like that was just a bunch of information where it's like no one would hear about that yeah couple- they don't
0: know they don't know you're directing yeah. and do you're in the studio making titles and you're picking the roster and all that yeah, yeah it's
3: it's fun and it's shit that I'm really invested in I really care about and I hope other people I just hope that this type of shit translates to the youth yeah. you know and like like I said we're looking pretty good yeah like yeah, I think one. that
0: might be a first sorry to interrupt you but that might be a first in men being in a woman directed film in snowboarding
3: well, Ted's directing it technically, or, or but, but yeah, no, actually what's funny is like, yeah, I, yeah, all I know is that whenever I was like, we're doing this movie, there's going to be a lot of girls in it and I want half, like the equal amount of guys. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it might have been the first thing where I was like, all right, the girls are in now. Let's pick the guys. Yeah. And picking the guys was fun.
0: Dude,
1: Denver, Dylan, those kids are insane. Incredible, Incredible
3: snowboarders. But that's the thing too. Like. The, this the initial meeting I had with Bridges and Bridges is like, uh, who do you want to work with? Who do you want to film with? And I'm like, if Hulse isn't in the movie, I'm not doing it.
1: Wow, ultimatum. Straight that's up. so sick. And just, Ted's probably thinking that in the back of his head too. He oh, one hundred He brings Hulse anyways. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> He would have brought him either way. He would have been he yeah. would have been
3: in it either way yeah. for sure. You know, but like that's just something for me where like I get how this shit works. I understand how the dollars kind of get filtered around, and I also know that there's a lot of room. To fuck with shit. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and I, I, another thing with like the videos, the snowboard films, like it would always be video crews and just like sponsor buy-ins and not necessarily like it kind of stopped being like really close friends where some brands are really lucky where they have really good friends on their team, like Vans, you know, like they're all the best friends. So they get to mm-hmm. create these incredible films cause they're all best friends or at least that's how the public perceives it. For the most part, like you look at any other video project, it's buy-ins, you know. Especially for snowboarder mag films, she it's ex- always ex-
0: explain that for the listener that doesn't understand what that is.
3: Um, so the way that a film, a snowboard film is structured, um, kids get chosen to be in the film based off of how much money they can bring to the table, dictated through their sponsors. So of course, there's always a list of really talented snowboarders, but then there's always a list of like the cash cows. Cash cows are just kids who have sponsors with dollars, usually some sort of energy drink sponsor or someone who can, like, pay to play, you know? And all of that's great. It provides opportunities for the kids, and I'm not saying that the snowboarders are undeserving of the opportunity. All that I'm saying is the way that those films are structured provides for a less dynamic filming environment because they're, they're getting to know each other, you know? And I think... Um, like look at VG, like the first year of VG, they were all kind of homies, but then as VG aged, those people became better friends and then it provided for some really cool imagery, you know, because these people were all really, really tight and it's just, um, it's just the way shit's structured and for me, I'm always down to just try a different formula. Like I fucking hate the formulas. I think it's really cool to just like fucking switch it up and so for me, I'm just like, I don't care if it's not going to make money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not going to make yeah. money. It's a snowboard yeah, bill. <laughs> let Bridges
1: worry about that part. Yeah, <laughs> and,
3: and, you know, and, that's, and that's what I love about Pat is Pat is such a believer, man. He is. He loves it. And yeah. he, he's such a fan. And he will bend over backwards to make this shit still work. So anyone out there who loves talking shit on Bridges and loves talking shit on Snowboarder Magazine – Good for you, but fuck you because you don't actually understand it. And yeah. probably at one point in time, your career was on the line or your career benefited from the support that, like, Pat was able to provide just from being passionate about it. Yeah,
1: he is amazing. And the shit he's done for me in the past, like, 23 years, it's insane. You've worked and for snowboarding. Yeah, you've worked for him. For I wrote Giggy's On Deck in 1993. That's a, incredible. Was, or 94 Save. or something. I was a writer, and Pat was the one who hired me, taking care of me ever since. Yeah. Taking Insane. care of snowboarding ever since, Insane. and yeah.
0: then and then circling back to your project, it's like you look at the the group of people in it. It's like you know you have bridges and then producing and then Ted and yourself and holes. It's like talk about people that really really give a shit about snowboarding tangled I'm excited I'm excited to let <laughs> like, no, huh? really no I'm excited to watch it it's cool it's gonna be cool it's gonna cool
3: it. I mean I, I just hope I just hope it's yeah I hope that people like it and I, I think all the kids hope that because that's a thing too it's like it's a roster of just like no one really knows who Dylan Okorowski is yet. No one really knows who Denver Orr is yet. Like, I feel like Nirvana's been filming for a while, but this is going to be her best footage that she's put out to I date. Heard she's
1: sitting on a she's nice si- stack. she's sitting
3: on a really cool stack, and like Jill just provides. You yeah. know, the Queen shows up, she provides, the and it's
1: queen.
3: <laughs> it's just shit. Where like I loved working with kids who just started really filming, and it was so fun. It's such a treat, and they're they're passionate. Yeah, you got the, they got the
0: fire, they, 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 they got the vinegar, yeah. The, yeah. the juice.
3: It's my
1: and, favorite, too. Is they're just so excited. Yeah, uh, I, heard,
0: cool. I heard Brian Fox describe it once. It's like uh, when you get an old puppy that's about to die, you bring the new puppies around, and it kind of gives that old, the old puppies more life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like you when you're old, like-
0: you're like, I am <laughs> I feel old, and I'm like, once I get around, like, I hang out with Pat Fava. He's back three and on shit. I'm like, okay. To yeah, fucking, you get all hyped. Let's go. let yeah. this. What's right? up?
3: it's 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 a fact and every year I get older like one of my new friends just gets younger yeah. you know I'm <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: fucking
3: 32 year old woman just chilling with the 17 year olds yeah. <laughs> like I remember when I met Noah he Dude. was like a fucking junior in high school yeah. and I'm just like do I need to meet your mom? Yeah. Like, and I drive. Can you miss school today? Yeah. Like all this shit, where I'm just like, oh my god. Like. Yeah, I
1: went to Finland with Coop, who's seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> just like, should I call your parents?
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, no. Can I be you. around right now with what
0: you guys are doing? This is well? yeah. revolving door of fountain <laughs> of youth, and the then it turns out sick. Coop's
1: like a grandfather in his head. Yes. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the oldest, wisest man on the crew, but he's seventeen.
0: Yeah, no. eighteen now, probably. Shouts to Coop yeah. on the ledge. Damn, son. Um, where'd right. you find well, this? We've been going for a while. We can stop. I think it's time. What what I need to get into, I, I got a question I want to ask you uh, before we wrap this thing up. And that is who's, your, who's the most inspirational person in your life?
3: Right now? Sure.
0: Now?
1: I mean, whatever. just like put it all together or whatever. Like, who would you just consider?
3: For me, like classic response would be my sister just because I'm amazed at her resilience as a woman and a mother you know even just like to look at like she's a labor and delivery nurse her husband's a cop you know and it's just like shit like that is like we we have totally different perspectives on life but be able to like unconditionally love people like based off of blood and like mutual respect you know it's like it's like I I always find like my sister's super inspirational to me, and then um, I don't know. I think my chippy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, chippy. Oh. Here we go, chip Ah,
0: oh, there we go, the chippy. Chip. With
3: the shout out, I'm a, like every day. I'm amazed. Like. It's so funny, like, quarantine hits, I'm fucked, just, like, stranded in Chip's house, just, like... <laughs> True,
2: huh? Yeah,
3: and, like, I, <laughs> I could here. have gone back to Amanda's because I was kind of renting a room there, but I didn't want to, and just, like, is it cool if I'm in the space? And Just him, hey, just providing whatever you need. You need a paint studio here, like, fucking shadowing some guy making a mural this month, and Chip's like, you gotta learn, like, makes me a studio in the backyard, and I'm... Like, it's just... Every, like, I just am amazed at, like, how gracious he is with just, like, his time and his resources and, like, good dude. Chips the fucking best. He's saving my ass right now. (laughs) It's so sick. And he's really good at everything. Yeah. He teaches me, like, he taught me how to weld. He's teaching me how to make concrete look nice. He's everything. And I I was always just like, oh, yeah, you can kind of do stuff. But then, like, when I really saw it, I was just like, Damn, he can do everything, like, by the book. This motherfucker knows his shit. That's cool. And then I'm just, like, super thankful. Can't skate switch that
0: good, though? He can't. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to throw that out there, huh? I got to cut him down a little bit because he is the fucking man. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been unreal, Des. Honestly, fuck. That was buds. What do you think? Crazy combo. That was insane. Great combo. Um, So we're trying something new out this episode for the listeners, viewers. We have uh, ten prints of Desiree uh, that are shot by... Stone, a.k.a. Oh, Stony Buds. And uh, we're going to throw them up on our website for sale. And if you want them, they're signed by uh, Dez. And on that note, we are going to wrap it up with Dez. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. This has been an awesome convo. Dez, thanks for coming and chatting with us. You got anything else you want to say? Any last words?
3: I mean... Thanks. <laughs> that was with a heavy
1: question mark, yes. it? Dude, no, 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 no.
3: Just, just really quick. This whole day, man, it's like fuck. Like I had to wake up this morning. Like I wake up and I'm just like bomb hole. <laughs> Like I'm waking up in a bomb hole. Like go on the bomb So it's like I'm like like I don't shower that much anymore. Yeah. Straight up, just like I had a shower. I did my hair. I like fucking I straight up put either. on war paint to go to war with you guys. I'm just like I don't even know what it's gonna be like. So I don't
1: even though people thought like that with him and I, these two a couple
0: dinguses,
1: a couple
3: numbskulls. <laughs> appreciate you. I'm, I'm just gonna say you guys are doing a great job. Thank it, you guys. It's cool to hear it, to be. Providing a platform for the culture and the community, and for you to ask me to be on it, I'm honored. I, I trip out about it. I, I trip out that we're friends still. Like it's so funny to look around and just be like, we're all here. <laughs> like,
1: every season, like, yeah. sweet. It's like still here. That? at This still point. Yes. <laughs> We're
0: all still. So. And yeah, pro beds. for another
1: year at whatever you're doing. Straight up,
0: exactly. Yeah. But enough of us talking. We appreciate you guys listening so much. We'll see you next week. Damn, Stony buds, that Woo. was a fucking good conversation, man. That
1: was insane, dude. Dez is, uh, man, she is very inspirational. Human artist, great snowboarder, so much to say.
0: Yeah, she had a she had a lot to say for sure. I think it's cool to shed light on kind of empowering women, making sure we get our ladies out there, making sure they're uh, spoken for, giving them a voice, um, and just you know shedding light on some of that that woman's right stuff that that maybe doesn't get talked about in dude circles i know i don't sit around and talk about that stuff yeah so for sure <laughs> i thought that was cool to get a conversation from her side and uh you know like always guys thank you so much for sharing and uh you know we love when you see you screenshot that and post it on the gram that goes a long way what else buds just so everybody
1: knows uh chris and i are kind of just doing this for the love of it we don't have any sponsors we're just grinding it out so the love from you guys really means a lot and goes a long way, and we really appreciate it. Hit subscribe, man. That really helps us out. Either listen to us, watch us. Either way, we're coming at you week by week, Wednesday
0: by Wednesday. Booyah. Every Wednesday, we got you. One last thing. We, uh, we got 10 prints signed by Desiree, available on bombhole.com. Uh, we're just trying it out, seeing if people are interested. But regardless, we hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening. Over and out. See you next week.